Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Now, Craig, you might remember uh, maybe a year or so ago, at some point in the past, we talked about celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay on his I guess bar rescue type show uh, to hell and back. I think it's called uh, where he wears a ridiculous disguise, goes undercover, tries some food and then goes, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Yells at people. (laughs) And he did. He, we talked about this on the show previously because he actually wore a phantoms Jersey. And I think he was in Allentown and went to a restaurant there and did a whole thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. The phantoms Jersey, but we, you know, Flyperbole's never exactly been a show about needing to talk about stuff relevant to hockey to talk about it on the show. <laughs> we had a slight in here. We had a slight in that I wanted to talk about this. But I saw this on Twitter a couple days ago. Uh, this guy, user Joe Prettyman, had uh, tweeted. Somebody had retweeted this and it popped up my timeline. And I just, I, I'm obsessed with this right now. Uh, he tweeted, cannot get over this horrific disguise on Gordon Ramsay's show. And, Craig, have you gotten the text I've sent you with the link to this yet? I have. I have not opened it up yet. Sorry, I realized. Please proceed to open the link that I have sent you. And I am, Uh, I cannot wait for your reaction to this. And what am I looking at? This is, oh my god, the last shot is insane. The last shot does not look like a person's head. The last this shot. is one of the most literally insane disguises I could like if I saw this person in real life, I would just assume this was either a disguise or somebody who just has seen some shit, who has been through some shit. This guy is dressed yeah. up as a pilot and he has just this isn't even Gordon Ramsay that's in disguise here. This is a celebrity chef friend of his, uh, I think. The name I saw was Joseph Avery, and if that's wrong, I will correct that later. But it, it, <laughs> whatever this disguise is, the person is unrecognizable as a human being. Not even as the person they're trying to disguise themselves from. This yeah. doesn't look like a human being. This looks like a Dick Tracy character. From So they have the three shots of his head that they have. The last one shows like a profile. And from his nose to the back of his head. 
got to be a yard. It looks like it's it's at least a foot and a half. <laughs> it's <laughs> a lot of distance. Double the it's, size. It's a lot of ground. Double yeah. the size of a human head. <laughs> it's like so clearly yeah. a giant mass. What's the eighty percent of the world's covered in water? The other twenty percent is covered by the side of this guy's face. I think that's what. The <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it looks it's like. It's true. It's true. It's yeah. like if they, you know, in the Mission Impossible movies, when they have those like really great masks and they tear off, and it's like, oh no, it's been Tom Cruise this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> this is like if those masks were real. Where you would always be able to tell, like, no, 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 that's that's a ridiculous mask. That's not a person. So this guy's dressed up as a pilot, but, like, if I was told, the, the hat doesn't even fit him, by the way. And the hair no. doesn't even work. The hair doesn't even go to the ears properly. Yeah. <laughs> I had posted this on Twitter, and so, or I had retweeted this, and somebody had replied with the... Um, with pictures of Heath Ledger as the Joker dressed as a cop from, ba- from the Dark Knight. <laughs> Which is a great, great reference there. It, that is a pretty good it reference. Is, it's just yeah. so bad. And I, I looked up a a clip of it from the show. And he gets up and speaks. And it looks like a goddamn puppet speaking. <laughs> they tried to say, it's a pilot with Botox. No, that's just whatever's going on there. This is beyond human. I like how too. Also... Really, it's this last picture that has has made me has made my mind bad. The the his hair, it looks like a bad haircut. In the, it looks like he accidentally swiped the back like right behind his ear with like a razor, and then nothing <laughs> else, like everything else is fine. It just so I guess that was like the realistic part. They're like, you know, the head's three feet wide, but if it makes it look like like if we make it look like he gives himself his own haircuts, maybe maybe they'll buy it. Like maybe this will be like a real person to them. <laughs> so maybe we'll just go with that. <laughs> Like a proper quarantine haircut. Yeah, they're like, you know, people have been doing this for a couple months now. They, they'll, they'll think it's a real person. That's like, a... I've cut my hair during quarantine, and it is... I never did that. I, it cannot that. be like this, yeah. This is... Holy it's shit. Just, it's unfathomably bad. Like, if I was in the restaurant and looked over, I'd just... What the shit is this? I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. Ugh. I just Good also Lord. like the tiny... Uh, the knot of his tie in the first one too is kind of small. So just in comparison to how big of his head and like shrunken of his face is, it's just all he just looks like a character. Like that just doesn't he doesn't look like a he real looks person. like yeah. from the Warren Beatty Dick Tracy movie. He looks like, like goddamn <laughs> flat top or something. <laughs> Terrible. Oh shit. Terrible. It, I mean, it's just been a surreal like I don't know year at this point. And yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I was I was laughing at that today. I was laughing at the, the news story about Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump having the Secret Service agents couldn't use the, the one of the six and a half toilets in their house. <laughs> and, <laughs> I saw that story, too. <laughs> I, I don't want to like I think that's an objectively like funny story and also just kind of ridiculous rich people shit. But the, the funniest thing to me was so they had to rent an apartment for the secret service agents to go to the bathroom in a nearby yeah. apartment. But the funniest part to me was temporarily they were using a, a toilet at Barack Obama's garage. Like they'd set up a secret service station uh, at, in Barack Obama's uh, garage and they were going to use that. And <laughs> whatever they did in that garage got them banned 
from the toilet there. The Obamas did not use the garage, so the extra traffic to and from the command post caused no problem. Yet this solution, too, was short-lived, after a Secret Service supervisor from the Trump-Kushner detail left an unpleasant mess in the Obama bathroom at some point before the fall of 2017. <laughs> that prompted the leaders of the Obama detail to ban the agents up the street from ever returning. This was a Washington Post story. And what do you have to do to get banned from a... Ba like essentially this is like you work in a building right okay you work in a yeah. building and your toilet's broken on your floor but your company owns another floor in the building or rents another floor in the building so okay i'll just go down and use that one and go down and use that one and whatever you did in there was so unfathomably bad <laughs> that the supervisor of that other floor came to you and said you cannot come back and use this toilet ever again what could you have done I, I, yeah how bad of a dump is it at the be that a former president has to be like no i don't want to take a chance of possibly spelling another one of yours like you're done no chance you're coming back here <laughs> and dumping the, out like it must the, have been the secret service the secret service supervisor over at that one was just like yeah you're gone like i, I cannot <laughs> i can't was it meant, like I I've been to the Home Depot and found some uh, more than gently used underwear in there. I, <laughs> could it have been that bad? Could it have just been they didn't use a candle? There's no way to know. But I am fascinated. I just I'm fascinated too. I mean that's a if you I mean I'll say it. I don't think I've ever had a bodily function that's been able to have it mentioned in an article. So that is rather impressive. I've never taken a dump or a piss that's actually been meant. Nobody has written about it. And what was what this mentioned? In what article? The Washington Post. The Washington Post. So I'm not quite there yet. I'm sure there have been, uh, you know, I'll make a couple tweets as a joke in the future or something, but uh, nothing, no real big public. The New Yorker's not coming down to ask me questions about, uh, you know, <laughs> bodily functions and whatnot. So that's, I think that alone is an accomplishment. But I just like. Man. I, just... <laughs> I mean, there's just. There's huge dumps everywhere in the news right now. There's a huge dump there. And there was a huge dump on I'll the ice it. in Philadelphia oh, last night. Oh, there it is. Left Skadoosh. by the Pittsburgh Penguins as the Philadelphia Flyers won their season opener 6-3 to over the Penguins. Penguins just sucked at the end of that game. Yeah, yeah. Flyers just uh, poured it on. And uh, pretty much the start of the game was uh, Joel Farabee, who we'll get to... Uh... Talk to him in a second. Joel Farabee had four points. Hayes had two points. Carter Hart stopped 31 of 34. Uh, and uh, Flyers. I, Steve, I mean, I'm going to ask you how you feel, felt about the game. Uh, I It was kind of uh, a little bit like last year where they started slow and got stronger as the game went on. But a uh, couple real dull points in it. Second period was a lot of... Uh, Real boring-ass hockey. A lot of uh, just up and down action with a lot of, uh, not a lot of shots on net. But I think uh, I, want to fly I want the Flyers to dictate play a little bit more, but they showed that they can score yesterday. They showed how good. The Lions didn't even play as good as they could possibly play yesterday, and they still got six goals. And uh, it just kind of shows how lethal, not lethal, I guess that's a little too... It's getting a little too carried away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I mean the depth is there. The depth is there. Is, this is flat. Even though one line you can played use whatever well. hyperbolic <laughs> term you want to for yeah. hockey. No, okay. So, I think it's the greatest depth in the history of hockey, at least since the, the last full season hockey. lockout. So I don't know about any of those, you know, 
any old Wings or Leafs teams, but uh, I think the I think this uh, this death might be pretty good right here. Canadians. Pretty, pretty, pretty good death. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a real kick off the rust kind of game. At least the first yeah, period I, and a half yeah. to two periods, where I, I I was glad the Flyers uh scored early. I know the Penguins scored first, uh, but the the Flyers got back on the board early. They took a lead for a bit until Crosby got. I swear to a God, gift wrap. I mean, that was Crosby, gift wrapped. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just the sheer luck on this son of a bitch. <laughs> Every time he plays the Flyers, there is always some insanely lucky bounce to this guy. Yeah. I cannot stand it. My God. But after that, though, I mean, so then the once the Flyers kicked it into overdrive in the third period, that was a thing of beauty. And yeah, they just yeah it, it really felt like they were just getting started. And the fact of the matter is that's a big win over your fiercest rival. Uh, it's a great win to start the season. You put up six goals on a goalie who was pretty damn good last year. But again, as we said on the, the forecast earlier this week, this is his first time as the full-time starter as the guy. Yeah. So he's going to be tested big time. And in what is arguably the toughest division in hockey right now. Going to be tested big time. And uh, just for point of reference for how poorly he did last night, had 19 saves on 25 shots against 760 save percentage. Second time with six goals against in the, uh, his 64 career games. That's uh, a shame. And when it comes to uh, the goal scoring and whatnot, uh, first time scoring six goals in a season opener since their six th- Flyers 6-3 win over the Canucks to open the 2001, uh, 2001 season. Uh, 51st time scoring six goals or more against the Penguins. And it's the first time they've scored six or more against Pittsburgh since their 6-2 win. Over the Pens in Pittsburgh on March 26, 2017. If you remember, that was the game. Everything was already locked up. Pens were in the postseason. Flyers were out. Uh, Gouda scored an infinite goal, and then Go scored afterwards to make it 6-2. So it was kind of close, and then the Flyers pulled out of the middle of nowhere for no reason. Uh, and it was funny at the time, and then the uh, Penguins won a, uh, a Stanley Cup. But, uh, yeah, like you're right. I think it was a kicking off the rust, and I think even tomorrow's game is going to be more of that. I really think the first week of this is going to look like what the i mean they're the preseason games pretty much they only had that right. one scrimmage a couple practices a right and it there's still a lot of you know everything kind of got obviously everything got messed up uh back in march when it came to practicing and regular ice time and everything but that stuff the games from august to october didn't fully solve that uh, I guess gap in not playing. Like there's still they a lot of teams still have to make up for that time, especially the seven teams that didn't play. But I, you know, for what it was, right now I'm kind of happy with just the fact the offense does look. The forwards did look pretty good yesterday. I mean, they did have some good cycles at points. Of the Penguins had a lot more. I felt like the Penguins spent a lot more time in the zone. Uh, the numbers kind of bear that out. But yeah. They got to the net. I mean, all four of the Flyers' goals, I mean, they just went to the rack. All four of the even-strength goals were within, like, five feet of the crease, it looked like. Uh, and a couple of them were just, I mean, Konechny, uh, Lindblom's goal now. Uh, and um, Hayes' goals were just going to the rack and picking up rebounds. And then the two power play goals were just Patrick and JVR in front getting a redirection. The Flyers got a lot of greasy goals in that game, and I will take that all day. The fact is, they are getting pucks in the back of the net, and one of the problems they used to have against the Penguins, especially in the Hackstall days, is, yeah, they get a ton more shots than the Penguins, but the Penguins would capitalize every time they went down on the Flyers' end. Every damn time. 
And that's really, there's two things that we've really seen different in the Big Al and the Askrew era, the AV era, is we've seen this team actually capitalize on those opportunities a lot more often than they used to. And the other thing we've seen is that turning it on in the third period. That Those were two things they did in this game that were huge difference makers. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the big thing I wanted to see because I think that was the <clears throat> that was a part of the issue last year when they came back from the bubble was it really didn't feel like they were doing that where the four checking was just suffocating teams in, uh, over time in the last period and uh, kind of felt like it got back to that a little bit yesterday, but really it was more the the fact that they just yeah, like you said, they got well, they got some chances at key times and they were able to bury them. And I think the whole the getting the greasy goals that's a good sign too because this team having Limbaugh back and healthy and having Patrick back and healthy. I mean, if you can play with skill and grip and just get to the dirty areas and you have you know like Limbaugh and Konechny and Couturier were all at the crease for that goal yesterday for uh, Limbaugh's first goal. So you go to the hard JVR, areas, JVR man. JVR, JVR right screening that goalie yeah, just too. like you want to see him doing just what yeah. he is great at that those two power play goals for all him yeah they were huge they were huge and oh yeah, yeah. not capitalizing on the power play huge deal because that was another thing they had a lot of trouble with in the playoffs yep. uh new gus new gus bus gus bus to electric boogaloo looked pretty he wasn't the greatest defensively which is pretty much what we expected but he was his offense, cam as advertised <laughs> right Fair but his offense made the difference as advertised. Yeah, it really. I mean, so uh, Gustafson was involved in the first two goals yesterday. And like to your point, Steve, what was it? Uh, JVR was camped out in front of both of them. JVR got a redirection on a Gustafson uh, shot from the point for the first goal. JVR was still battling in front. Uh, he was battling Dumlin in front for the second goal. But Patrick got a redirection a little bit higher in the slot and put it past Jari. So uh, the power play looked good yesterday. Two for three. Uh, both came, yeah, they both came from Gus's. I'm shooting the puck from the point. Uh, and JVR's uh, screens in front. Last game with two power play goals by the Flyers uh, was the 5-3 loss in game five against the Canadians. Um, and they had 11 games or more last year with two or more power play goals. 11 games last year with two or more power play goals. Um, and that was in 85 total games. So it's not that common, but hopefully it, it's a sign of things to come. And I think just more on the power play and the PK real quick, special teams did look a lot different. This is part of the game recap this time, or us reviewing the game this time around, because didn't really get a, a lot to look at in training camp because of access and everything. But uh, the units that the, the first power play unit and the second power play unit. So on the first power play unit, now it is drew in his usual spot and pro off in his usual spot. So drew in the top of the left circle pro off at the top of uh top of the umbrella Katoria is now in Voracek's uh, spot on the first unit. Hayes is in the slot, and Konechny is in front. I like, I mean, it looked pretty good yesterday, and I like that formation in general. I like Katoria being in that, in, in Voracek's spot, and I also like Voracek being slid down to the second unit just because I think he could probably play make a little bit easier down there against the uh, second unit PKs. And the uh, second unit is uh, Farabee and Drew's spot, Gustafson and Provorov's spot. Voracek, Patrick in the slot, and then JVR in front of the net. So two goals yesterday for the power play, and they're both from the second unit, which I, I mean that's that's pretty ridiculous. That doesn't happen a lot for the Flyers, especially I mean, consider yeah, consider where they were a couple of years back, where the second unit. I mean, even last was year was like the second bane unit of our just, existence. Yeah, yeah, completely <laughs> just... useless. 
if they can oper- if they can take advantage of those opportunities, that's huge. That makes I know I've said huge a million times already, but it really is. It makes such a difference. Yeah. It, it, it is the difference between victory and a loss, right? It's Yeah. Yeah. It's something that drives you nuts too when the Flyers go over 6 on the power play and they lose the game by one. You're just yeah. it, it it's obvious what the difference maker is. Well, you know, because we're going to gush about the depth and everything, and there's talent. Uh, like, the problem with the defense is not the lack of offensive uh, creativity or their ability to produce in transition or a bias. It's, you know, shutting things down. So there really should not be any problems with the power play. It doesn't mean it has to be, like, top two or three in the league, but I don't know. It shouldn't be, like, falling uh, in terms of – it shouldn't be regressing instead of uh, progressing. But, like, yeah, I mean, the – the power play and the, and the PK. I was going to talk about the PK uh, for a bit. That's where I was going to go with that. I, uh, I pulled a Michael Scott and started the sentence before I wanted to uh, finish where I was going with it. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the pe- not very nice. Uh, penalty kill looked different too. Uh, and I was going to talk, that's what I was going to do. I was going to talk about the penalty kill defense and then uh, Gus again. So penalty kill didn't have Gus, but penalty kill had uh, the first unit was Katori and Drew, it looked like, and then Provorov from Braun on the back end, and then the second unit looked to be Hayes and Lundblom with Sandheim and Haig. Lawton, NAK, and Myers also got work in there, and when you looked at the times at the end of the game, uh, the Flyers defenseman uh, Tom and Ice read as Provorov led the way 23 minutes. Uh, most amount of power play time with 2.02. Most amount of shorthand time with 3.21. Myers had the second most uh, time among all Flyers, D-men. Uh, 204 shorthand was the third most. Sandheim had the third most. Only had 13 seconds on the power play. Second most shorthanded time. Then Braun, then Gus, and then Hag. And Hag was six among the defensemen in ice time and also had the fifth most amount of shorthanded ice time. So him on the penalty kill is a big reason why he is still in the lineup. And he played the fifth most amount of... He had the fifth most amount of ice time among uh, Flyers D-men on the penalty kill yesterday. I don't want to read into that too much, but still, seems like he's not. And that's a huge drop-off from Gus at 18.02 to Hag at 15.25. Uh, there's a little bit of difference there. A uh, little bit. And a little bit. So I think, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see. We learned that Ghost was out because of COVID. Not because he has COVID, COVID protocols, sorry. He was in the COVID protocol. There hasn't been a positive test that's come back and everything. Uh, uh, I want to see, I am interested to see if AV would want to put Ghost in instead of Hag because, I don't know, it just seems like the entire time AV's kind of been here too, there's been reasons not to put Ghost in. And then like last year, well last year played poorly and then he got hurt. And then he was starting to work his way back into the lineup and then the pandemic started. And then got back in the bubble, had a couple bad games, he's out again. And now he's just out because of COVID. I'm interested to see if he would maybe knock Hag over the spot, but who knows? I don't know. It wasn't like Hag and Gus actually ended up having fine numbers yesterday too uh, when it was all said and done. But uh, I think That's it's something nice. to keep an eye on. Yeah, just to see what's what? uh, see what's going on there. First off, with Gus Despair, he was on the the COVID list, so he could not play. We we don't have any details outside of he couldn't play. Right. Uh, we don't know if he has it. We don't know if it was precautionary or what. Yeah. So yeah, and that's going to be a thing apparently you're doing this year. Bob McKenzie talked about it uh, during one of the intermissions yesterday. Uh, each day of the league will update 
like a certain page, uh, just update a certain web page saying who is out because of COVID protocol. So not who actually has, if not if somebody tested positive, uh, just pretty much uh, what you've seen in the other leagues, like play, players just kind of being sat out as precautionary measures, so you don't, you know, just so more people don't get it. Uh, if you're lucky. And, yeah, if you're lucky, yeah. And apparently, uh, Ghost, you know, we had been wondering what had been going on with Ghost. Apparently, that's what's going on with him. He's been in COVID protocol. Same with Casper uh, Kapanen, who I, I believe is still up in the air about whether or not he's actually going to play tomorrow. He missed yesterday's game. And I think he should miss Friday's game as well. Again, not sure. they're going to need him now. I'll tell you that much because, oof, I mean, that was uh, that, that was deaf. Yeah, that was. Uh, However, that was there was a... that one no-name line with Tanev that was kind of killing the flag. Oh, it was annoying because I called out Tanev and Jankowski, and they both uh, they both went off. Where is it? Yeah, every goddamn time. <laughs> every I, time, yeah, it never I mean, gets old. Yeah. Jankowski in particular was just. Uh, he had a couple of big plays. It was frustrating. It, there's always somebody. There's always somebody on the Penguins that most fans have never heard of that comes out and kills the Flyers. And that Mark Jankowski. Jankowski. Yeah, Mark Jankowski and Tanov were on the third line. So Mark Jankowski was the center. He had seven points in 56 games last year. Had two last night. Scored in the crease, and then he had the cross-ice pass to Tanov. Tanov, who had a laser, and Tanov had 25 points in 68 games last year. And two last night so yeah those two guys and that line uh we can talk about that because i think they mainly went up against the third line which was uh and an interesting night um yeah yeah uh jvr patrick yeah, borachek the haters 26, hate line is uh, they had some reasons to hate last night a couple yeah, at, well, straight, at least yeah it, it's kind of a an adventure on even strength because i mean jvr is not known for his even strength prowess uh, Voracek is, I would argue he's one of the more inconsistent flyers. I've been blocked. I know, but yeah. I think most people would argue that consistency is Voracek's biggest problem. Yeah. Oh, by and the way, uh, Voracek. Nolan is... Patrick hadn't played in like two years. Yeah. Patrick hasn't played in forever either. I was going to say Voracek was the only forward in Wednesday's game, uh, only flyers forward in Wednesday's game to not record a, a point. So go ahead and block me again, uh, Jake, but JVR Patrick and Voracek, uh, numbers wise. They had four of the 15 shot attempts. The Flyers had, uh, out of the 15 shot attempts they were on the ice for, five on five, the Flyers had four of them. They had two of the six shots they were on the ice for, and they had a 26.18 expected goals for percentage. And also had two goals against and zero goals for, and 11.49 going up mainly against Pittsburgh's bottom six and Michael Matheson and John Marino, who uh, Matheson had a fucking terrible game. Uh, but J.B.R. Patrick say. and Voracek. We'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> Matheson had it just a fucking... Actually, we'll talk about that right now. He had the, he was in front on the screen for J.V.R., got got walked on the Farabee goal, like just completely forgot Farabee was behind him, uh, got real lazy on uh, Raffle's goal because he just kind of forgot about the play and then skated behind the net instead of in front. <laughs> like he, he also took the penalty. Uh, I think he took the penalty on Konechny that set up Patrick's goal. So, like, he just uh, he was all over the he place. He did, and, and in a good way. That yeah. that was some beautiful work by Travis Connect. Yeah, that was a jerk story. Yeah. Coming he was out, open. Oh, 
Yeah, he was mouthing off. One guy was fully ready to play last night, <laughs> at least as far as his mouth goes, and that was Travis Connect. And that was one of the things that was missing from Konechny during the playoffs last year is he wasn't really drawing as much of the, as many of those penalties, not getting in as many guys faces. So it, it was really nice to see him do that right out of the gate and take advantage of a guy like Matheson here who, you know, didn't have that great of a night. And too often we see the flyers had these advantageous matchups and not take advantage. So uh, getting that penalty and seeing Raffle take advantage of that for the goal, which, I, you know, I raved a little bit about the possibility of that fourth line, being really good and they did that uh pretty early yeah. in the game yeah um and uh talking about jvr patrick forward checking in real quick the uh they did not like just five and five they were just not helpful but again they did have two power play goals and uh Voracek did draw another penalty um and the fourth line i was going to talk about uh i was going to talk about nolan patrick's droughts real quick and then talk about the uh the fourth line because him and Limblom have not scored uh, in a minute. So Nolan Patrick, I think Limblom has a shorter droughts. Yeah. Limblom went, uh, cause Limblom got credited with the goal that was originally given to connecting last night. The play where Limblom was in front of the crease was battling off a couple penguins and fell down with Jari. And then when connecting shot it in, it went off Limblom's helmeted in, but there was a lot of bodies in front. Nobody could really see it. But uh, so Limblom ironically only ends a five game goal drought all things considered. Uh, his last goal was in Montreal on November 30th, 2019. It was the Proveroff OT goal game. That long ago was the last time Limblom scored. So the Flyers have played 58 games between Limblom. Uh, they have played 58 games between Limblom goals and it have been 408 days between Limblom goals. Uh, and for Patrick, Patrick, 12 games. Again, not that many. Flyers played 99 games between Patrick goals. And then 694 days between Patrick goals. Uh, his last goal came in a five to two win over the Islanders on March 9th, 2019. Uh, fourth line, Steve. Uh, I mean, matched up against the Crosby line last night, uh, mainly against Crosby line and uh, Dumoulin Latang. They scored a goal, but they kind of did get pushed around. I mean, it is Crosby, and again, it is like the first night that they're really getting back out there. Uh, and Crosby feels like a guy that would uh, like just doesn't need a preseason. I feel like he could. No, he's Sidney Crosby. Yeah, he's, he could. I, mean, uh, yeah. I, I hate his guts, but he's one of the best players. I, I, I guess of all time. I guess I can admit to saying that. <laughs> I guess we're gonna say that he he absolutely destroys the Flyers on a consistent basis. My bigger question with that is why why was Elaine Vigneault with second change matching up? His fourth line with the Crosby line. I think I think it's because well they ended up they did end up winning the goal battle which it was one nothing uh, and they got hemmed in in terms of stats so they had two of the eleven shot attempts they were out there one of the eight shots while they were out there at five and five and then a twenty eight point ninety eight expected goals four percentage for Ralph Lawton and NAK and nine forty three of five and five work but they did score the goal my guess would be. Well, first of all, it's a very good question. See if I, I think, I mean, it's just the old. I mean, coaches are always just going to chalk up their fourth line to be able to go out there and shut down an opponent's top star like the McDavid and Belmar and Vandevelde incident from several guess, years ago. And like you always see, game, if you only let up one goal to that line, that's a victory. Yeah. Well, and they didn't even. I mean, 
that one goal. I mean, I mean, it was uh, Raffle that scored. The one Crosby's goal was on the power play. That was a uh, oh, that's Hart true. Thurner. That's true. Yeah, so they won. That's oh, what, they God, won the that goal battle. I, and it was uh, something where any I know Crosby knocked it out of the air, but still, like, just come on. Yeah, I see. Like that play is like. Uh, it was definitely a dumbass play by Carter. Like that was, you just don't throw the puck at the middle of the ice. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that was. <laughs> Especially like, that's... don't throw it at Sidney Crosby. Just don't. Yeah. Just that don't was really it. his only air yesterday too. Cause that was a bad pass. The first goal was Jankowski and that was Borchick got lost in coverage. Braun and Provorov kind of had a miscommunication. Then JVR was out for a stroll uh, in the slot while Jankowski uh, crashed the creation. I'm not really blaming that on him. And then, uh, Crosby got third one was oh yeah third one was Gustafson turnover so the one bad play that Gustafson had yesterday was he flubbed a pass in a neutral zone got everybody on the wrong side of the puck and then Jankowski set Tana for a wide open wrist shot from the the circle that he I mean it was a pretty well played shot I was surprised because it's Brandon Tana if he's not you know good at hockey but uh, that wasn't really on Hart so yeah Hart just doesn't throw the puck in the middle there he may have I mean. His night will look a little different, I think, because that also tied up the game too. Like that was yeah, uh, it tied up the game, and that was at a at a moment where that was very deflating to happen. Oh yeah, because it really did feel like the Flyers had some momentum at that time. But thankfully, you know they they were able to just hop right back on it. Wasn't too deflating to the team. It's because the fans weren't there to be disappointed. No, actually, the Flyers (laughs) were quite good at home last season. I will say, if you would like one. if you were like one cliche hockey talk reason for why uh, he probably put. Well, first of all, Raffle, Lord, and NEK overall should not be getting murdered in terms of numbers like they did on Wednesday. It should look a, bit, a little bit closer. These three actually should be able to hold their own at 5-5 five and five in terms of, you know, tilting the ice in the Flyers' favor. That's why, at least that's why I was gushing about them uh, earlier in the week. Like, that's, it's not supposed to look like this. This looks like a stat line of, like, Vandevelde, Belmar, and, you know, whoever the Felcals used to be here, uh, Lou Beamoff back in the day. Like, that's what... Oh, my God. If you throw it out there, that's what you would expect in terms of driving play instead of these guys. And my... The one thing I would say would uh, is uh, NAK registered seven hits yesterday. Third game ever with seven more hits. I don't care about hits. But... I care be out about there... hits. This is the National Hockey League. The National, <laughs> National Hitting Hit League. League. There you go. These, <laughs> this is for men who want to play violent sports... And get. I didn't no, finish. I, I did not finish hits. my. Hold on. This is a fake not, stat. Hits is a fake stat. I didn't finish my Galaxy Brain thought. So, with this season, and uh, you're just playing each team tandems of games, maybe uh, AV won to wear down Crosby for Friday's game. You know, just uh, Ooh, maybe yes. think ahead a little, Steve. Maybe, uh, you know, a little Buddy. Che- chestnut checkers yourself. You know, chestnut checkers, so, my man. Okay. There we go. <laughs> That's. But I do think, like, this line's fine defensively. I think I I agree with the decision. It just it ultimately panned out. It just was not pretty. It's not the way I wanted to pan out. Like I'd rather than I'd rather Crosby getting no chances down at the other end of the ice. And I mean, yeah, I think yesterday was just it, it was just Crosby was more prepared than whoever else is on his line. And because I mean, Gensel and Rodriguez really didn't clean up either. And also Crosby was. Crosby was at fault on the raffle goal. Like in that on that play, he missed a check in the defensive zone. He missed a check in the flyer zone. Flyers brought the puck back up ice, and they had so much time to create that play and score um, because Crosby was lollygagging in the offensive zone and didn't get back to his own slot in time. 
It's a nice shoes and lollygag in there. It was good. I don't I don't hear it enough. I don't know if that's is that that's still a good word, right? I don't know if that there's it's nothing great wrong word. with that. Okay, good. All right, yeah. It sounds a lot like a Catholic school teacher is chiding you, but yeah. <laughs> I think that's why it's a great word. That also might, yeah. That explain why I heard a lot. I had two people that, yeah, two parents that grew up in Catholic school. So it's something. Quit your right. lollygagging. Yeah. I don't know why in my head I keep hearing it in like an Irish accent, though. It's like, quit your lollygagging. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that checks out. Yeah. It sounds very, uh, it sounds kind of Irish, that word. Yeah. Uh, what else here? Top line? Do we go over the uh, advanced stats? Uh, stats in general. Pittsburgh I don't Legends think we've shots. done the nerd figures here there yet. There we Craig. go. Let me run through them real quick, and then we'll talk about each line. Uh, Pittsburgh led shots 34-25. Flyers had a 43.53 Coise 4 percentage at 5-on-5. Five five. 37 shot attempts at 48. 49.06 expected goals 4 percentage. Power play was 2-for-3. PK was 2-for-3. And that's, uh, that's pretty much it for the fancy stuff. Uh, Limblom, Katorian, Connect Me... Sub 400 shot attempts for uh, four percentage, five of 12 shots of five and five when they were out there. 52.06 expected goals, four percentage, one goal, four, zero goals against. And they went up against the Tanev, Jankowski, uh, McCann. That's who it was, Jared McCann. Either Jared McCann or Jared McCant. Uh, that's my new joke that I'm going with ooh. there. So, yeah. Uh, and then Dumoulin Latang. Uh, I thought Limblom looked good for. Considering how little he's played over the last, you know, month, last couple months here, last year here. Uh, three block shots look good at other times. He was injured after blocking a Dumoulin shot late in the second, or he was stung, I guess. He was just in the pain, in the bench and on, uh, in pain and ended up being fine for the third period. Nice to see him get on the board, too. Nice to see Oski boy. I, I know we've touched on it. It is earlier, the... It is I know awesome. it didn't officially, like, it wasn't official until after the moment, but it was Wait, it was yeah. awesome that both him and Patrick were able to get on the board yeah. last night. No, it was awesome. It was just, it sucks that it's such, like, there's no ceremony or, like, it's it's not an event that Limblon was able to score a goal coming back. Like, he beat cancer, and then he scores a goal in an NHL game. And it was in a game where no fans were in the arena and nobody knew he scored at the time. And then they changed the goal, I think, at like 1 o'clock in the morning or something. Like, they changed it <laughs> later in the night. So it's just literally... But I do want to say, too, since uh, we do have people that listen to this podcast, uh, in a video the Flyers Twitter put out a couple of days ago, they showed Connect Me was mic'd up at practice. And uh, he called Oscar uh, Oski. And we had a couple people point that out to us, uh, including Mike McCormick and uh, Tara at... Sam Zero, I believe that is. Uh, yeah, so Oski, uh, Oski uh, boys, uh, we just gotta get on the same boy now. Oski boy, we're so yeah, close. We're, we're so halfway close. there. <laughs> so we're, close. We're just we're right there. Living on a prayer. There we go. <laughs> uh, Drew Hayes and Faraby was the only line that actually drove play yesterday. Uh, above sixty-two course four percentage. Only line that had over half the shots uh, while they were out on the ice. They had nine shots. The Penguins seven, uh, and then a seventy-five point two five expected goals four percentage. Two goals four. Zero goals against, and that's because Joel Farabee went off. Uh, four point Joel Farabee. Oh God, not the bees. The bees. Lil Beezy, whatever you want to call him, Farabeast. I saw out there, but from a few people, whatever you want to call him, he was straight fire last night. He was awesome. He was mixing up a big old batch of honey or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there we point, go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he was getting that. Call yeah, him he... Winnie the Pooh because he wasn't wearing <laughs> pants. What? No, that doesn't make sense. Do the Tony the Tiger just wear a handkerchief around your neck? That's now that's a power move. But uh, career high, 
First time breaking three points and fourth multi-point game in his career. One goal against. Uh, he had uh, two points against the Lightning in the 4-1 to round robin win. Two assists in the 5-1 to win over the Blue Jackets on February 18th. And then two goals in the 6-3 win over the Avs on February 1st, 2020. Also tied uh, for the game high with four shots on goal with uh, Evgeny Malkin and uh, Jared McCant. Uh, had some nice plays along the boards on um, for the power play goals. What's... Uh, from Drew's spot, just set it up twice back to uh, Gustafson to, uh, for the assist. And then had that pretty nice goal where he uh, just decided to dunk it down low. That was a lot of just haze and uh, him doing work in the corner. And the Penguins just, uh, I guess, just not really caring about defense. And then Matheson was just way too high in the that circle. That is their philosophy. That, that's that is, their team philosophy. Watch it last shit night. <laughs> yeah, like, watch it last night. Matheson has some plays where, like, he turned and he knew he was in the wrong. And then he like he doesn't have like an like uh, an instinct to be like oh fuck I got he was just like ah all right well I'll be on the highlight like he just has like you see his shoulders kind of like all right well I'm not getting that that was their big defensive acquisition (laughs) oh him and Cece Cody Cece how do we solve our defensive problems yeah let me add Cody Cece and whose answer is that who's going I was actually sad I was actually sad when Cece took a penalty at one point because. Him being on the ice for the penalty kill would actually make the Penguins worse. <laughs> yeah, it would make worse. He did. Uh, he, I believe, he was diving around the crease there when uh, Lindblom got that goal. Had the puck going off his head. I think. Style. Uh, so yeah, that's right. What's this now? Oh man. Oh. <laughs> I loving it. Yeah. Um. J- yeah, we talked about J. Bear Patrick Voracek being a nightmare. Um. Also about the the other line defense. Profile from Braun. Steve. Uh. Looked. Okay. Uh, again, first goal against out there, not great. Uh, not great. Kind of making some little circles there. Yeah, play driving. Uh, not great. Not great at all. Uh, 26.32 course of four percentage. They had three of the 14 shots. Flyers had three of the 14 shots where they were out there. 31.26 expected goals for percentage. One and one in goals. They had one goal for, one goal against. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think Provorov had some moments yesterday too, but uh, the, the dynamic of Braun on that pair, I feel like they should, again, they should look better than that, but they did go up against Gensel, Crosby, Rodriguez, Dumoulin, and Letang. Like they went up against the Penguins' best, best options, um, which, uh, yeah. I mean, that should have been, the defensive numbers kind of make sense because they had, their numbers weren't great. Santa and Myers went mainly up against the second pair. Uh, Zucker, Martin, uh, Malkin, and Rust. Um, and they had a pretty much a 46 scores of 4 percentage, 7 of the 20 shots, and a 45.39 expected goals for percentage. Also won the goal battle. They had one goal and didn't allow any goals against. Uh, then Hag and Gustafson, 50 scores of 4 percentage. Flyers had 7 of the 10 shots where they were out on the ice. And then 63.56 expected goals for percentage, one, the, uh, uh, one goal for, zero goals against, because they mainly went up against the fourth line and Matheson. But still, third third pair wasn't a uh, you know wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It was it which was for nice. the Flyers is an accomplishment. Is an, is an accomplishment. Yeah, honestly, I'll take I think I'll take Hagus over um over Braun Hag and Braun. I just I, I don't. I, I never like want to see Hag and Braun together again yeah. because that is just like, you know, when you have a uh, magnets and they just <laughs> try to push them together and that's, that's Hag and Braun. 
<laughs> yeah, that's kind of really slowly moving, and also those magnets can never get past their own blue line with the puck. So there's a lot Correct. of... Correct. Uh, yeah. Also, those magnets are slow as shit. <laughs> Gustafson, uh, Gustafson and Hag weren't out there for uh, the Tan of Gold Gantz. I believe it was a line change, which is part of the reason why Gustafson, uh, why the turnover was so like critical because I did it the worst time and then kind of with flyers in a shitty spot, but that is what it is. Again, look good on the power play. Um, he's not as mobile as I thought he would be, but I think I'd still take him over Braun. Uh, well, we'll he actually has puck handling skills, which that's, I, I yeah, the offensive upside. That's the thing with him is I, I bet like, I think he is faster than Braun and also Hag and Braun are like, they both are just, they look like they're like trying to like, yeah, dribble rocks or something. I don't know. I'm trying to, I don't know. <laughs> like they just look like they're having hard times out there. And then, well, um, and honestly, having Gustafson for the power play really is an it makes sense there. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. He looked really good on the power play. I, I will say though, I I wonder. I think Sandheim. I wonder if Sandheim is going to get work through the power point power play at some time. I wonder if they're keeping Sandheim as a possible like waiting to see if pro Ralph or Gus just kind of don't pan out or if the four forwards and one defenseman don't work on both units or something. I don't think San Sanheim only getting 13 seconds of power play time is a little shocking to me. Well, especially with Gostas pair not playing. Like if Gostas pair yeah. in the lineup and they use him more often on the power play, that makes a ton of sense to me because Gostas bear has that cannon of a slap shot. So yeah, yeah you want him back there, but. And, and Gus is supposed I, to be that guy, but like, right. or not like a slap shot, but like he, I just, I, I guess given Sandheim's offensive upside, you really do want to see him get more. Well, especially because Sandheim is one of the future uh, cornerstones of this defense, if not present. You know, he, he is a guy you really want to see get in there more often. And we know he's got the offensive upside to potentially be a first power play defenseman. And I know a lot of people are frustrated with Provorov being up there specifically because Provorov, it's not his forte, which is, again, weird because Provorov scores a bunch of goals for a defenseman. But he's just, I don't know, he's it was not all the, the smoothest power play one guy. Yeah, I, I forget what the numbers were last year for him, but it was like on the power, so he led, he led defenseman last year with power play goals. But then when you looked at like how many chances he actually got and like how much time he was given out on the ice, like the rate at which he was, which he produced was like kind of towards the bottom of the league in terms of like shots per a certain amount of like shot, shot rates and stuff. So it was one of those things where, the Flyers weren't generating nearly as many chances, but whenever Provorov was putting a chance on net, it was going in. So then it like it creates like this weird argument of, you know, well, Provorov's got to do more on the power play. Well, he leads the league in power play goals for defense. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, but still. And then like it's a whole. So like I think that's where a lot where it comes uh, from Provorov because when you watch, you see some of his decision making with the puck. Like if uh, I remember, this was the whole thing with Sean Sean Moore was asking about Provorov over the summer. This would be one of the spots. His him constantly being used on the power play. Um, it's one of those things where I do wonder if Sandheim is going to get a chance. Like Sandheim just not being there at all feels kind of weird. But we'll see if that. Again, it's early on. This was kind of like the first preseason game, so that stuff might get ironed out over the next couple of uh, next couple of weeks or so. But it'll be interesting to see how it all how it all breaks down. I do want to point out too, Raffle scored in back to back season openers. So he's got that streak going. Uh, Mr. Season Ralph opener, that's what they call him. Yeah, yeah, early bird. 
gets the worm, I guess. I don't fucking know. Uh, Raffle. I, I think that's the official new nickname. I, I always love Raffles with my early bird. I hate myself. I'm <laughs> oh, I hate right you now. too, but it's out there and we're keeping it. All right. <laughs> Want some syrup on those raffles? <laughs> yeah. My early bird Raffles. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, by the uh, uh, yeah, 465 days between season openers, uh, long amount of time. Uh, and then I did want to talk about because I think this is only gonna happen. I hope this only happens. No, actually, you know what? I'm changing that. I want this to happen for every game, but I don't think it's gonna happen now. What the fuck was with Kelly Sutherland giving us all a pep talk before the opening? Face that was so weird. What was that <laughs> actually sitting about? There, like, just like, sitting there, sitting my beer, waiting for the game to start, yeah. and all of a sudden he's like, gang. Hockey's starting. <laughs> Let's all celebrate it. And the, like he didn't say that, but it was just it, yeah. it was si- strange. I've I'm never seen there, anything like it. I'm sitting there waiting for the game to start. He leans over to drop the puck, and then he leans back up, like fucking puts his hand on Katoria's shoulder. He's like, you know, I've never had a son, but I like to think you're all my children, and I love you all so much. And I just want you to know that, <laughs> like, like, dude, just fucking drop the puck, bro. I don't know you. I don't know any of you. Just drop the puck. This is all entertainment, sir. This is a Wendy's. Yeah, he's just like he's like, look, uh, there's a pandemic. I know money's tight for everybody, gentlemen. Like, <laughs> we've all waited with excitement for this day. I will see you at the gates of hell for <laughs> the end of the year 2021. Whatever comes first, <laughs> Kelly Sutherland out, <laughs> and then just drops the puck and skates back out of the play <laughs> he actually got beamed up into a spaceship afterwards it was the strangest fucking thing yeah say every game every game do some weird soliloquy and then just get on the spaceship and skedats get i hope he does a dance out next of game. there but he, he always has to end it with sutherland out well, yeah yeah just like seacrest out yeah but also at this point in time speaking of exits have we seen has anybody moonwalked on skates doesn't it feel like the conversion rate for moonwalking on on land should be harder than moonwalking on ice shouldn't it be easier to moonwalk on ice in theory isn't that one of the the custom is in the bible celebrations you can do in the last nhl game oh it is yes it is uh but you don't see it enough you know i don't think it should happen uh, way more often yeah oh it's but hockey players hockey players man come on you know we've talked about we love hockey dearly love hockey hockey, which is why we talk about it for 14 hours a week (laughs) but hockey players are not the most fun on ice it is usually just a a joyous celebration hugging and that's it yeah which is fine it's great but yeah i'd love to see a moonwalk i'd love to see a full-on thriller dance do every they do do billy jean do do it all i was gonna say too i think the video game does also have the worm which i i know i have not seen anybody do the worm (laughs) I, or, I set Michael Raffle up to do the worm in the game, and I always forget about it. So Raffle scores, and then number 12 just starts doing the worm, and I'm like, oh my god, I forgot about that. Is Raffle the least likely flyer to do a worm? Who is the le- I feel like... The most likely is Konechny. Oh, Konechny is hands yeah. down. No, actually, it's got to be either Konechny or Hayes. I would also throw Farabee into that. I was going to say Farabee, Konechny, Hayes, and Farabee, they would have been, those were the guys you needed to go to college with. I would have, all those guys would have been, it would have been. A that's a fret. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to go that far. But uh, it's uh, it would be, yeah, it would be a good time. <laughs> I guess maybe not. The that's Animal House right there. Like, <laughs> that, that is, is Animal yeah, House. Yeah, that really is. I think. 
but least likely though, we're not talking coaches. If I, I mean, AV could probably do one if you, you know, if you had to do it. Ivan Provorov. You think least likely? <laughs> Look, I love Provy, but I don't think he's still in the worm. Yeah, that's fair. What about Elliot? It's got to be one of these old fuckers. Elliot, Nate Thompson would have been a good guess, but he's gone now. See, Elliot. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like Elliot has that fun side to him. You know, like he's got that fun dad vibe. Yeah, but how many dads do you know can do the worm? This is My these dad. are the questions we need answered on the perps. My dad. Like, okay. Another one? Do you have another dad lined up that can break down on the worm right now? I only know one dad. My dad. You only know your dad. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... Uh, that would be listen, some shit. You listen, only knew your dad. No you get dad. enough booze in anybody. They can do the worm. That's that what it comes true. down to. But yeah. I, I don't I guess, know, man. Yeah. Like, I can't see Sean Couturier doing it. I can't really see. It's weird. I can't see Sean Couturier doing a lot of things off the ice. I can picture him doing anything on the ice. He just looks kind of awkward to do anything. I, I don't know. Like, you just, I don't see him doing anything else off the ice. Scott anything. Lawton, because I can't see him do anything on the ice besides murder. Yeah, he just seems too angry to be able to do the worm. Angry worm. That could be something. You just punch the ground each time you come down. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That that's, be all. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. Well, I mean, see if you want to. I'm going to. I want you to do some segues this episode. I've been stealing the segues spotlight for a while now. And, I mean, uh, I already got the best segue because I talked about theses to start the you show. You did. That but... is. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. That is poop well, talk. Hashtag I mean, poop corner. It's, we're all here for Steve's poop corner. <laughs> Why would you put your own name? Why would you do that? Because I will slap. <laughs> I'm going to get that. Listen, sponsors, on. if you have a product, I will slap my name on it. Just, Just come to me. I, I'm slapping my name on any piece of crap. Charmin. Anybody right from Charmin? Scott? Uh... Charmin. 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 That's it's still, by the way, one of the best Philly accents I've heard uh, in media was James McAvoy on the Charmin <laughs> SNL sketch in his <laughs> Eagles shirt. Oh, God. Because it just uh... took uh, an outsider to, to capture the full range. Cause it, well, it's better than De Niro trying it and silver linings playbook because they oh, he, he tried and then he's just like i'm just gonna do my usual thing all right yeah all right fine so. Bobby D, oh. fine fine so we've talked about the the flyer success on the ice yesterday how does that translate to your bets my friend how does that translate into betting that's what we're all here for yes is hot spicy betting talk and i'm the guy to not give you tips because i came up short in every way no i <laughs> I almost had some good bets last year. Like I bet on McKinnon for the heart and he came in second, but if he had won it, I would have looked real good. I would have looked go. real good. I did put a few bucks down on Carter Hart to win the Vesna this year. So that I am. What were the odds for that? Do you remember? He like was number he was? three on the odds. Ooh. Okay. He was the third, high, which I was like, that's a, that's a spicy meatball right there. My friend. That is a pretty spicy meat. I mean, I'm just going to do... talk like, a De Niro character for the rest You're of the episode. <laughs> the rest of the episode. That's gonna be a fuck yeah. two hours. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm gonna alternate between that and yelling like Pacino. That's a great bet. <laughs> they did I forget. Uh, Say hello I was watching... to my little bet. <laughs> I was watching through uh I was rewatching through uh New Girl and I think in like season five. 
they have some kid actor come on and she does an Al Pacino and she does the she's got a great ass line and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> she got a great ass. <laughs> so good. One inch so at good. a time. Yeah, I but, the, uh... but what I wanted to talk about with the bets though was uh there was a, a good tweet from friend of the show and not at all biased towards the devils, Greg Wyshynski. And it was a pretty good tweet though, because he was talking about people basically throwing their money away uh, because he posted <laughs> this, this screenshot of, I, I guess it was the top Stanley cup bets. And there was a disproportionate amount of people going with the Chicago Blackhawks, which is just, yeah a sick joke, of course. Uh, but it was basically the percentage of uh, bets going with the odds. So Colorado was number one, uh, plus 550 odds, 20.4% of people were betting on Colorado. It seems like a pretty damn good bet, especially after the offseason moves they made. Eh, not so good after the opening night they had, but it's just one game. Just one, it's game. one game. They'll be fine. Yeah. Chicago was number two, though. Their odds, plus 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> 8.7% of bettors were going with them. Why I wanted to bring this up on the show, though, besides the hilarity of anybody betting on the Chicago Blackhawks for more than a dollar to win the Stanley Cup, the Philadelphia Flyers were number three on that list. Uh, plus 2,200 odds, 8% were going for the Flyers. And I think the Flyers are... They're an intriguing option for people because they're Ooh, yeah. they're not... They're not Tampa Bay, right? Where, or Colorado, where they're a heavy favorite... They're expected to make it. But I think a lot of people like this roster, like what they saw out of them last season, like the direction the franchise is headed in. I mean, Pierre McGuire last night was openly gushing about the Flyers for half the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you got to remember, too, he he has been openly gushing, like, the 2017 World Junior Championship, like, when all the Flyers, like, nine Flyers prospects were in there or some shit, like, Pierre Maguire was losing his mind back then. Pierre Maguire has been unzipping his pants through the Flyers for like a while now. He's been uh, he's been pretty pumped about them because uh, yeah, that's the new Flyers song is "Take Your Pants Off Everybody." <laughs> it's time for Flyers hockey. Yeah, no. yeah Pierre is like they're like Pierre. You want to talk about Flyers prospects? He's like, well, well, well. Never thought we'd get here. Let's uh, let's let's break it down, and then he starts talking here about fucking Igor Zamula. Everybody, Philadelphia. <laughs> One, two, three, Flyers four, five, floors. <laughs> there we go. One, two, three, floors. There we go. That's the song. Uh, it's right there. That's right there. But honestly, that's, I mean, plus 2,200. So the Flyers kind of fall into the middle of the pack as far as the odds go right now. I'm going to pull up what they're currently on a couple of the betting sites just to, just for curiosity. They are a good team to right bet now. on. Like, they would be, I'm not... I guess that that makes sense. I'm not saying that I would bet my money on them to win the cup, but I think like if I had to pick out a team that not a lot of other people are going to, I guess, go all in on and try and make some money off of it. I I think the Flyers would be a good team to pick because they are. So right now. Yeah. Right now in FanDuel, uh, it goes from Colorado Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning, Vegas Golden Knights, Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins, then the Flyers are the, the odds listings on there, which I mean, you can win a little bit more money off betting off the flyers, you know, than you would say like the avalanche on FanDuel right now are plus six fifty, Tampa Bay's plus eight fifty, and the flyers are plus 1300 on there. So, I mean, it's a little bit of like an under the radar, almost sneaky bet. 
Mm-hmm. And for the record, that Carter Hart for Vesna is currently sitting at plus 900. Okay. The only and guys with is... higher yeah. odds are Vasileski and Connor Hellybuck. Wow. So I, yeah, that is, uh, I thought yeah, he'd be up there, but like, I did not think he was going to be up above Carey Price. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to be. I didn't think he was going to go to the season with the best odds to earn a Vesna nomination. I guess if that makes sense. Like that is that is pretty nuts. Or yeah, the third best. I mean, it's. I thought I was kind of stunned when I saw that, but I I, I mean, it's nice to actually have kind of some confidence from the 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 gambling demons over there. Gambling. (laughs) The gambling demons. I call him Gambler. Just nothing but devils. Just nothing but all the devils working the uh, the betting companies. It's devil's work. Scott Stevens? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I guess so. Jamie Langenbrunner. You did say Devils. Ken Dan- yeah. Uh, Bobby Holy. <laughs> get some, uh, they're all down there. Just all the guys from the past that he hated. They're all just hanging out down there. That's what um, I would hope. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Out of the East, though, like, I was watching the Islanders tonight. I don't know if it's because they were playing the Rangers, too, but the Islanders are going to be annoying again this year. I'm just feeling them a balance. Yeah, they shut out the Rangers tonight. Rangers are going to be fun to watch for me, personally. Craig, you're never going to believe this. You're never going to believe this, but Tony D'Angelo did not make hockey great again in this game. (laughs) I saw you also. You know what? This is going to be the, uh, let's do the around the league part right now. Uh, Or the uh, action from around the league. Real quick, because uh, a couple other games I wanted to talk about, but yeah, that that defensive front, or the the defensive uh, six for the Rangers is going to be something. Because Adam Fox is good, they're going to put him with Lindgren, who's going to bring him down. Uh, they actually called up uh, Keandre Miller, so it's going to be Miller and um, Trubo on the second pair. So maybe that's passable. But Trubo was pretty bad last year, and then the last pair is Jack Johnson and. Uh, Tony Angelo and man, they uh they already look Woof. like poop. Yeah, they already look bad. So pretty much uh, again, the Rangers this year, I'm not too unless your Sturkin stands on his head and has like a nine twenty five save percentage seeing like the third most shots in the league. I'm not really I don't know. I think uh 
I'm not too worried about this year. Lightning. Just think if they're fine. bad enough, maybe they'll look into another top three pick. <laughs> Yay! Or maybe the Devils can too. I just. I know what. Honestly, though, if the Rangers keep getting, I like. I, I just want the Rangers to keep getting first overall picks, so then Jeff Gordon can keep making mediocre to poor moves otherwise and they just keep getting like they more turn into wingers oilers yeah they just keep getting wingers at the top of the draft or like guys that are like just things that they can't use like no centers no bona fide top pair defensemen just like all wingers or like slower like plotting centers that just you know like the dylan stroms i want like a dylan strom going first the year that they are back up front that's what i'm saying about them but uh yeah that was uh I mean that was some of the uh, did you watch any of the other games from last night Steve? There were only I watched a, a little bit. Uh, one thing to... I did see, which is extremely Flyers relevant, is I saw Wayne Simmons beat the shit out of someone. Wayne Simmons beat the shit out of Ben Sherratt. Yeah, or at least he threw a lot of hands in his face. I don't know if he actually you know, but that was uh it was pretty nice. That is the how pumped do you think Wayne was to do that too? Finally get to do that. Oh my first god! Time. First game in his childhood yeah. team's uniform and immediately drop the mitts that was classic yeah. vintage wayne simmons right there again another uh, you know all things considered uh, you know i'm sure be complaining about but another minor hockey moment that was ruined no fans in the stands to cheer wayne simmons on as he beats down another grown man in public you know there should be that should be there should be just standing applauses all the time for that whenever wayne simmons does that especially someone like ben charat who i don't know why i don't like him i just not a fan uh, what Josh Anderson looked good too. Uh, had a goal and uh, set up some other scoring chances, but uh, maybe uh, again, not a big fan of that contract. But in a different scenario, different world, I think I would have liked to take a run at Josh Anderson. He's kind of that. Like I, I kind of want the Flyers to get that type of player. I don't think it's a necessity, but I think it would. They they could benefit from it, and uh, Josh Anderson may have been may have been that type of guy, but he was he was pretty injured last year. You know, not that uh, not that great. A little bit, a little bit. Detroit. I, the other couple things were Detroit's third line going in tonight. They had Phil Pula and Sam Gagne on there in the year twenty twenty one. So you know, if you guys remember how painful like four years ago was, just we're not there anymore. And Sam so Gagne is three minutes a night. God, I can't. Like I, Gagne on the team in twenty sixteen, and Phil Pula on the team after even when it happened years ago now was too late in their careers. So props to uh, Eisman for just making sure they're bad. Um, Golden Knights are going with 13 forwards and five defensemen to start the season. Steve, uh, to say, to stay calorie cap uh, compliant, they're keeping uh, Keegan Colzar up as the 13th forward and sending Nick Haig down to the taxi squad. Uh, and they are going to roll, which is five defensemen uh, in their first game of the year. Oh. So we'll see how that goes. I feel like if there's That's one team move. that, that is a that is a move. So Petrangelo's getting some work early there, uh, and then they still have Theodore and Martinez and McNabb. And That's why you pay Petrangelo my... the price of two defensemen. Yeah. So he can... yeah, like, yeah, so he's going to play. He's playing 40 minutes a night. That's what you guys don't understand. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the other, uh, the other stuff around the league. Uh, Leafs beat the uh, Canadians in overtime last night. That wasn't what I was going to talk about. Uh, I was going to talk about I mean, we could just talk about the roster real quick. We already talked about this on the forecast, but uh, we're not going to go through it at length here. Just pretty much Frost was the 13th forward is a big thing I have to remember. Uh, Flyers carrying eight defensemen. One is Ghost, who is currently under COVID protocol. And the other one is Friedman, who, 
Actually, a little bit of news this week with Friedman. Uh, changed his number from 59 to 3, uh, Stefan. And, uh, of course, Radko Gudis was the last flyer to wear number 3. And uh, he will be joining the illustrious list of uh, Curtis Foster, Oscars Bartulis, Lassie Kukkonen, Mike Rasche, Matthias Tamander, and Dan McGillis. Dan. Oh, Dan McGillis, old yeah, number three right there. That's a name right there. Yeah. Um, and this then... guy I like to hit right there, my friend. <laughs> he definitely was, yeah. <laughs> Him and Tarion were there for a couple of years there when we were uh, lots of hits when we were growing up and the world was normal. And uh, you know... unless you ask my dad, then Chris Tarion wasn't hitting anything. <laughs> Biggest He's guy terrible. in the league doesn't hit anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, Taxi Squad, uh, Alex Lyon, Andy Androff, Sam Moran, Carson Torinsky, Connor Bunneman, and Nate Prosser. Uh, a bunch of players were signed to the AHL as well. And then yesterday, an, an additional three prospects were added. Um, Linus Hogberg comes back uh, from overseas. The 26, 16 fifth-round pick uh, had 12 points oh. and 45 shots on goal in 27 games, averaging 21-22 a night for HC. Vita Hastin in the Hockey Allsvenskan, uh, Sweden's uh, second-tier league. Uh, David Kasha is coming back uh, from the Czech Tip Sport Extra Liga. Uh, you know, I was excited the, about that, Craig. The Kasha Money Millionaires. You're damn right. <laughs> yeah, I got it right. Yeah, that's fine. So, like, we need, like, there's just got to be, I, I, I'm not putting out this request. Like, we, we already had people doing um, uh, Photoshop for us last week, but just, like, oh, that Kasha. Was, that was <laughs> Kasha wearing, like, sunglasses and just like just like doing like the johnny manzel like money sign like you know like he was like uh we'll figure it out i'll work on that we'll get it there uh 2015 fifth round a uh, winger though had 25 points six of which were goals in 27 games for hc energy carlova very uh over in the czech republic and then maxim shushko is uh coming back from his uh i'll say it unsuccessful tenure over in the khl uh 2017 fourth round right winger had five points, two of which were goals, and 24 shots on goal in 30 games with Minsk Dynamo. So uh, that's all going on with there. There are also four players on the injured non-roster uh, section. Uh, Tanner Lazinski, who's still recovered from core muscle surgery. Kirill Ustamenko, who's out four to five months recovering from hip surgery. Isaac Ratcliffe, who's still out at least three weeks with a fractured rib. And then Wade Allison, uh, who was just on there, and we don't know why, during... A pandemic. And then also the last thing is the Flyers leadership hierarchy. Uh, again, like we said, unfortunately, Drew's captain again for another year. Uh, permanent alternate <laughs> captain is Couturier. Permanent we love Claude Drew. Alternate... He's a great captain. <laughs> permanent home All-time alternate fly. is Provorov. And then rotating world alternates are Hayes and Voracek. Uh, also, I mean, the very Flyers cool are having... that, Very cool that Provorov is a uh, permanent home alternate now. Uh, I was saying this on the forecast earlier this week, but it's it's really nice to see his leadership position with the team uh i guess symbolized like that is a good way to put it yeah yeah and really represented i think that's a, a great move and i think it's it, it's just you're seeing your kids grow up right you're seeing your kids grow up. <laughs> I, I love seeing young guys develop like this and we've been seeing this so much in recent years with the flyers uh seeing these guys evolve as players and and grow into these leadership roles. So to see Provorov step up and get that and get that recognition is very cool. And I, I love to see it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. There are, I feel like Provorov, I, I like Provorov 
in his game a lot, and there aren't too many ways for the team to show, I guess, something like that that they kind of. He he does a lot of stuff that doesn't get seen, I guess, in this in the in the box score in terms of like driving, playing underlying numbers and stuff. I feel like he logs a lot of minutes and does does a lot of little things right, and uh, the the coaching staff and the teammates recognize that. And blah blah blah. Uh, there was well, and the other thing about <laughs> Provorov is just I know he doesn't get recognized through the league as much as he should, but as far as the Flyers go. I can't think of the last homegrown number one defenseman oh, that has come out of this system. And to see that, to see how he's come along and developed, and to have this 25-minute-a-night beast back on defense, this guy who can climb mountains like Rocky Four training style, <laughs> lift logs to bench press, like, and have some pretty sick flow, I have to say. I... Yeah. I love it. I love it. So uh, Ivan Provorov to to see him come along like he has has been awesome, and it's also cool to see uh, Hayes so quickly get a road oh, alternate yeah. A. And that I, feels I think right. yeah. it feels very right. Hayes has so quickly embedded himself into the hearts and minds of Flyers fans, and just become like he just so quickly went from a guy who had a questionable contract. Go, why are they paying this guy? that much to becoming a fan favorite overnight. Oh God. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, it was immediate. Yeah. When he came up in the off season and said, listen, I'm not going to play unless gritty's going to be there. Like, how <laughs> cool is that? That's great. He's a guy who's been here a year and he's already laying down his, his job yeah. for gritty. Come on. I do like that. Yeah. Um, he's gritty's yeah, best so, friend. Yeah. I did enjoy yesterday when he scored too. And gritty had the, uh, like the, uh, Kevin cut out and he was losing his mind, shaking it. So, Yes, He's and be... it, it sucks that we can't have fans, but it's necessary that we can't have fans to, <laughs> you know, for the pandemic. I know some people don't realize that, but I, to have gritty there though makes it a little bit better. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was gonna. Uh, we we did also oh, mention this. Oh, I also wanted to give a quick shout out before you did that. Um, okay. Quick shout out. We had mentioned the Photoshop before. We talked on the Flyers forecast earlier this week. <laughs> We're calling JVR the trash man. <laughs> Always sunny in Philadelphia. And uh, Alex Lug, Lug the World on Twitter, had made a great Photoshop for us of JVR as Danny DeVito's the trash man on Always Sunny. And I will definitely be busting this out a couple times this season. So shout out to Alex for making that great Photoshop for us. One other thing we want to talk about, we again touched on this earlier in the week on the Flyers forecast, but we didn't actually get to see it before uh, when we were talking about it on the forecast is the advertising on the helmets. The Flyers did give in and do that. And I begrudgingly admit that it is a source of revenue for the team without fans coming in and I'm guessing less merchandise being sold because I sure as shit haven't bought much clothing since the pandemic started because I've basically been wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt every day for a year. Yeah. It's kind of great, but also a little depressing at the same time. Regardless, the Flyers did decide on a sponsor. It is not who you thought it was going to be. I know we're all disappointed. It's not show and tell. (laughs) So disappointed. It's going to be... Tata Consultancy Services, TCS, and they just they just try to keep it simple with the classy cursive TCS on the helmet. So it's it's it is what it is, and it looks all right. Like I I didn't 
I got used to it pretty quick. I'm still not there a fan of advertising <laughs> on the helmets. I mean, I mean at least they did it subtly enough that I'm not sitting there staring at a giant like Nissan logo on their helmet or something going like, God damn it. Yeah. I think honestly, like even the thing I was bitching about, I, I was watching part of the blues as game last night and the highlights today. I'm like the blues have the thing I was complaining about where like uh, the blues are blue, white and yellow. But then they have the Enterprise sticker on their helmet, and it's white and green. And that didn't even look like that, – that wasn't bad at all. So, like, I think they're making it – I didn't really notice the Flyers one yesterday. Um, I don't know. I just don't want the shit. They already do a lot on the ice. I just don't want it in, like, the face-off circle and in the slot and that type of shit. Right. Like, I don't like, – You just yeah. don't want it every aspect. Everywhere. Like, again, like, like we have people tweeted us. When they started throwing it up, when they yeah. started throwing the virtual ads in back of the net, that was <laughs> – that, that one's still insane to me. Like I have to look back there and I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. Why do I have to have this floating Comcast logo or whatever? Uh, by the way, I found the tweet uh, to give credit to uh, whoever. Um, it was the notorious GVB, uh, Greg, also made it. All right, awesome. Well, Greg, I will... Oh, he only included read... me, that's why, yeah. Because he said... I see, I did not yeah, see that one. That's why, well, okay. Craig, send me the link. That one's getting retweeted next episode for sure. Or not next episode, but next game for sure. Uh, hopefully JVR does something noteworthy to get a retweet of that, but I'll retweet it regardless. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Twitter.com.org.edu.ca. Fly perfectly and sports are bad. There we go with that. But yeah, the, <laughs> the helmet advertising is here to say. So you mentioned the Blues and Avalanche game, and this is just completely off topic on the ads or anything what did you make i thought it was so bizarre that the avalanche wore blue shorts with their jerseys that kind of oh god i didn't like it yeah it was really weird yeah i didn't like their helmets either like i didn't like the uh i think they i I don't know if they changed the color of the helmets for the ads but like they just it just didn't look good i don't know they the ads didn't look good in a lot of ways yesterday um (laughs) But the, no. yeah, the jerseys did not help. Uh, so I, I don't know. What did they actually change? I'm trying to think of like what was different between. Well, I don't think the pants were blue before. So I, don't I don't think so either. It, it, and the helmet it looked like was... it kind of just all like like a romper kind of effect going on <laughs> in the midsection there. Did they have white? I think they had white for both the road and. No, they had the white for the homes. Like they had the white for what they would have been. No, they had black, I think. Yeah, but so it looked fucking weird. Like I just did not like what the uh, what the colors were looking like there. Um, it was weird seeing Chara. I was watching uh, some of the uh, or I saw some of the Caps uh, Sabres highlights in between uh, periods for one of the other games, and seeing Chara on the ice in a Caps jersey is fucking weird. It's really weird. It's weird. Yeah. It's not like we haven't seen Chara in other jerseys before, because as we know, he was an Islander. <laughs> the uh-huh. yeah that's right and, and he center. was infamously an ottawa senator yeah. so we've seen him in other jerseys but he's been with the bruins for so goddamn long at this point Too that it's long. crazy yeah. to see him in another uniform let alone the bland white uniform of the washington capitals it yeah. sucks go with the old 80s style guys <laughs> jesus <laughs> wasn't expecting that cap slam in there but uh you got a point it was true i'm yeah. i'm a hundred percent I, I think it might have been like Travis who was like pointing out how shitty those jerseys were last night. I was like, now oh, you think about it, yeah, they are shitty jerseys. Yeah, they're not. 
Actually, I mean, like, and honestly, even though they touched on the Avs, they're regular jerseys they need to get away from. Them, the Blue Jackets suck, too. Uh, there's a couple jerseys. I like the, start cracking I actually have a soft spot for the Avs look, because it's that, well, I don't know, it's very yeah. 90s. It's very there 90s. That's what it is. They were good in the 90s. That's why they are. Well, and they yeah. had a great team. Sackick and Forsberg and Juan. Foot? Yeah. Yeah, they were all right. I Who guess, could forget yeah. Foot? They had a foot on their jersey and a foot on <laughs> his nameplate. Some guy named Adam Denmarsh. I think Mike Ricci was there for one of those cup runs. So Solani came along later. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Bork. Bo- oh, yeah, that's right. Some guy named Ray Bork. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but famous. I, I, it's yeah. very 90s, but uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets need to just rebrand it. There's no excuse Because their that brand one. is no. trash. Yeah, that's all bad. They uh, they got to figure that out. I still like again. I like the blue jackets when they you know they try to pass it like they were just going for like uh, the opposite of a yellow jacket, I guess, and they were just doing you really like they can. didn't decide if they were a, an actual blue jacket or like the old you know uh, Civil War reference or whatever. So yeah, go with the Civil War reference. Go with the cannon. Yeah. Don't, no more bug with attitude. <laughs> like, but see, I like that bug. I like a no. The bug looks sticker. stupid though. I, I but I like very, stupid. I like sucks. stupid. That's too stupid. That's t- <laughs> It's not Harvey the Hound. Harvey the Hound's great. I okay, you're right. Yeah, it's not No, I would say it's not stupid enough because it's still their like dogs don't hounds don't it's stupid. to flames at all. Well, unless so you're, you're Oh, it, well that doesn't make any sense. It's great. No, that's what but, I'm saying. Like, like it's not Harvey the Hound's out. great unlike the Sixers dog Franklin, which is just you're your fucking dog, who cares? <laughs> Although again, I enjoy I'm I not like, a fan of Franklin. It's just it's the name of the mascot, Franklin the dog. I I, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who could know? I, I'm always forever angry at the Sixers Hip-hop? for their mascot situation oh. because I told them, I said, go with a slam dunking Ben Franklin, but it's got to be like a historical reenactor Ben Franklin. And instead, <laughs> instead, they make this this humanoid like suit. Oh, like this humanoid <laughs> suit, Ben Franklin. And it just looks terrible. It's like the Dallas Cowboys, like actual human cowboy <laughs> mascot, which is just awful. I hate it. And why did you do that? No, you could just dress up a reenactor and then he's doing somersault dunks dressed like Ben Franklin. That's great. <laughs> I agree. No, it is the way they they, they should have gone with that. Just like some guy that comes out, shotguns a beer, and then like does like the dunk off the trampoline. Dude, people would eat that shit up. That would be... <laughs> Absolutely. If he was like, if he just did gritty ass stuff, like where he was just going around like tossing bags of popcorn, or like Knicks fans' heads or something, that'll be, I'll be there for that. Electrocuting Knicks fans with uh, his kite and <laughs> yeah, kite and key. Yeah, yeah. Public executions at the Wells Fargo Center of Knicks fans. I think the city I didn't can say get that. But... <laughs> oh, electrocuting! <laughs> did you say, well, did you think I said executing? <laughs> I did say executing. Jesus Christ. Wow. That, is, uh, oh, wow! that is not happening at the Madison Square Garden or or the Wells Fargo Center either. So. I would hope not. I would certainly hope not. No, we're not. Well, there's in the year 2021, we can't be doing that anymore. There, there can't be anything like that going on. I don't think there was in the first place. So, yeah. <laughs> Steve, I think after a discussion like this, all we can talk about are some other notable NHLers and other taxi squads. And I've got a list here. <laughs> some of them are uh, Anthony Stolarz is with the Ducks now. Our friend Wyatt Kalyanuk is with the Blackhawks. Ronaldo uh, in Shillington. I know, bro, with the Flames. I know, bro. Calvin Pickard with the Red Wings. Corey Perry and Michael Froelich with the Canadians. Tyler Jones. 
what'd you call Pixie? Pixie. <laughs> Tyler Johnson. Nobody's ever called him. Actually, knowing hockey players, they probably have called him that. They absolutely have called him. I saw fucking uh, the Flyers account tweet out Hartsy for Hardigan. Nickname longer than the last name. It makes sense. But, and well, it's, it's even worse because Hartnell just came back to do the pregame. Yeah, you so can't have two Hartsies, guys. Yeah, you can't have two Hartsies. Pick a lane. Yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a fucking fiasco. But uh, Tyler Johnson and Luke Shen for the Lightning. That was the big one. That's why I started all this. And I couldn't figure find anybody else on the. Uh, taxi yeah, Tyler crush. Johnson. Talk about a fall from grace, man. Oof. Yeah, and this was a way for them to get out of cap trouble as well. Because sons of don't believe, I, yeah. I, I can't believe just what garbage the league has let them do to keep an all star <laughs> roster together. I, I mean, if you're willing to put Kucherov. On the IR for the whole year, I'll let you do your capture. Willing? I don't. Know. I don't think they had a choice in that. No, that's what I mean. Friends. Like, I don't think that that one. I think is. I don't think they would have been able to do anything else if Kucherov was not out of the. Like, they would have had to do some other stuff there. They didn't. They didn't really do anything too crazy. Boo hoo! I. Did. <laughs> it was okay. Justin Bailey, Justin Bailey on the Canucks taxi squad and Matthew Perot on the Jets taxi squad. Let's move on from this goddamn conversation. Where are we going next? Uh, Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel wasn't coming to Philly, by the way. I don't know who. I don't know why this is even out there. So this came we, from. We have yeah. Eric Gustafson. Why would we need, why would we need <laughs> Keith Yandel? I mean, like... he's kind of the poor man's Keith Yandel. Yeah. I yeah. mean, in all honesty. Andy Strickland. So. Andy Strickland. Andy Strickland's a, pretty, a good reporter too, so I yeah, don't want to blemish for, Andy Strickland. <laughs> yeah, and he's been he's been a Blues reporter for a while. He tweeted out earlier today: uh, if Keith Yandel waves his no move look for the Phil, uh, for the Philadelphia, I guess if I Keith Yandel waves if his Keith no Yandel, move look for the Philadelphia Flyers to. Cho- Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, I well, messed it up. Yeah, look for the Philadelphia week. Flyers to join the Bruins We're as potential mess, landing spots. Uh, Flyers hat. Player hasn't asked for a trade, and team has yet to officially ask him to waive. So I don't know. I, I don't know if Yando is on the move. I don't know if that's a thing that's out there. Uh, if he is, though, he just isn't going. Okay, the if Keith Yandel waves his new move, his no move, I think there's supposed to be a comma in there. So there <laughs> that's go. the problem. Yeah. If Keith Yandel waves his no move, comma, look, look for, for the, the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers to join the Boston. That's supposed to be Boston Bruins, I assume. There's only so many characters you can have in the tweet, folks, as potential landing spots. Flyers yeah. or Bruins is who he's saying are the main potential landing spots. The I don't just know why the Flyers would make this trade. Like I, If they hadn't gotten Eric Gustafson and they were riding with who they had and Ghost was out, I kind of get it, but they got Eric Gustafson and... Well, it my, doesn't really make sense to have Gustafson and Yandel on the same defense. No. And like my whole the the reasons why the the Gustafson signing are logical is because he is somebody that can play on the right, and also he is somebody that only signed a one year deal, so you don't have to worry about losing somebody in the draft next year. That was the whole thing with signing a free agent. Um, you weren't going to have to either give up an asset to get the player you're trading for and then lose that player possibly in the expansion draft. Like the part of the reason why Gus was the only addition on the blue line this year was because if they lose him in the off season, okay, they still have pro Ralph Myers and Sanheim. So you had to handle this equation for this to happen. Chuck Fletcher would have to figure out cap space for a 30 year old, 34 year old left-hand defenseman with three more years left on his deal at $6.35 million a year. 
Um, he would have to give up assets to get him and then figure out a way to either protect him and lose one of those, you know, Proveroff Myers or Sanheim, or just put him out there. And honestly, might be the better, it might be one of the better options for Seattle to take. Um, because looking at his underlying numbers and everything, he's still he's still decent offensively. He's still a threat offensively. He's still helpful in the power play. Um, he's just bad defensively. Like he's just not a good defenseman. Like if there was, I'm not saying the Flyers shouldn't have a defenseman, but if there was one to add, is a puck moving left left handed uh, puck moving defenseman really what the Flyers need right now? Like there are so many. If they were going to get somebody, it'd be right handed, and it would be somebody that is actually. Uh, like a shutdown defenseman, like somebody who's more known, well regarded, like a better version of Justin Brown, pretty much is what we're looking the, for. Like, there's the no reason the left-handed puck moving Philadelphia phenomenon. Yes. <laughs> Would you? Was no, that I'm a, sorry, I was going for a very, <laughs> very weird Tony Danza mid nineties, okay. the trash okay. picking, field right. goal kicking, okay. Philadelphia yeah, phenomenon. What? Tony Danza was the kicker for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it was an ABC oh, original movie. That whole thing. Okay, all right, gotcha. All right, he was all the right. boss, Craig, but not the boss. Was, but the I, boss. I know he was the boss. Everybody knows Tony Danza. It was actually Mona. We all know it was Mona. But Mona was the whatever. I don't, you know, that show was on before. I'm so young. I don't even know. I don't remember I, the TV being. <laughs> I'm also not. Old enough for, for who's the boss, really? Like it was on when I was very young. <laughs> yeah. Tony, is uh, what's Tony Danza up to now? Is he still uh, doing anything? Being Tony Danza, as far as I know. Yeah, the last yeah, time okay. I saw him was on an episode of Broad City. He was on Broad City. He was on Broad City. Huh. Played Abby's mm-hmm. dad. Oh, okay. That makes in the Philadelphia suburbs. Well, there you go. Uh, that show is uh, it's decent. I gotta rewatch it again. I like uh, Hannibal Hurt. Hannibal Barris, yeah, big fan. Uh, what else can we talk about here? Uh, I think the big thing with uh, as we saw yesterday, Doc's gone. Uh, we're not gonna have him have him on the national broadcast, and uh, apparently now uh, Mike Milberry is out at NBC uh, after 14 years of. Making Truly ears bleed. fucking uh, tragic. Mike Milbury, yeah, is uh, finally out of the booth, uh, not doing the intermission stuff. He's just Gonzo's, uh, and in his place is another Michael, by the name of Mike Babcock, uh, former Leafs coach, former Red Wings coach, former Ducks coach, current NBC analyst. Steve, what are your thoughts? We have feelings. How we? How we? I saw a lot of people were not happy with this change, and I I get it in that his his Maple Leafs tenure didn't end well. And I know there were a lot of rumors about his treatment of younger players and everything and things he might've said. Uh, so I, I do get it from that perspective. I'm willing to give him a chance as a broadcaster to, to see how he does. I know a lot of people are also assuming he's going to be boring, but That's I don't assumption. know. I, I don't want to make an assumption. I don't know how he's going to be until I actually hear him on a game. I don't know if he's been doing any games yet. I, I'm going to wait. I'm going to reserve judgment. I do know Mike Babcock uh, before the end of his Maple Leafs tenure was regarded as one of the best coaches in the game. So he might bring some real insight to it. And the main thing about Milbury is not only was he a sexist piece of garbage, he also just didn't bring any insight to the game at all. Just a black hole 
of anything useful, any useful knowledge, anything useful to say. He was just a hot take artist and he sucked. He was terrible. One of the worst color commentators I've ever heard. One of the worst studio analysts I've ever heard. So good riddance to Mike Milbury. <laughs> anything is an upgrade from that. Cause I just hate hot take guys. I hate guys who are just yeah, out there to get reactions from people. It's the absolute worst thing about media today. A hundred percent. So good riddance. I think uh, the only good thing Mike Milbury did was uh, before game two, game two of the Flyers cap series in 2008, uh, during one of the intermissions, he accidentally said the Washington Capitals instead of the Capitals. That's the only good thing I think he did in his <laughs> entire tenure. Good thing that's the only good thing. Yeah, that's the only thing I honestly. Um, my thing with Mike Babcock is, well, first of all, I think you're going to be hearing a lot of no- uh, voices about how he's going to be a bad fit for the job because uh least fans on twitter are pretty prominent and uh you know they they have some feelings about mike milbury or yeah, mike uh, babcock here's the thing about least fans when have you ever known me to listen to them that is this is also true that's true kyle yeah. dubas uh, genius <laughs> my thing with like i just I, I know he knows things about the game he just doesn't feel like a guy that's actually gonna pour like convey that information i just feel like it's gonna be a lot like it's just gonna be like a, a another like Patrick Sharp, I guess that. And I haven't watched Patrick Sharp yet this year, but uh, I felt like recently he's just kind of been saying stuff that doesn't really do anything. Like it's not informative, it's not exciting. It's just, you know, he's just kind of he played hockey and uh, he's got a face. So go ahead and look at it. Like Mike Babcock, I don't know. He just seems like he's gonna be boring, but we'll see. I don't know. You just think he's gonna be a a, a non handsome Patrick Sharp? I, yeah, I think he's going to be bad for the eyes and the ears. I don't know. That's going to be my <laughs> professional. Yeah, but uh, also Babcock was chance, just. Yeah. Babcock was one of those guys, too. Point. He was. But then, like, all that stuff there, it's like back when, you know, you remember last year around this time, we we're supposed to have that uh, hockey culture reckoning um, with the uh, Bill Peters and everything. That was a little over a year ago. And, like, it was coming out all these stories about, like, you know, Chris Chelios came forward and was talking about how we got to change the culture and all this stuff. And then I thought something came out with like Mike Babcock apparently berated like um, Thomas Holmes from so bad during a game that like, like it was like kind of like frayed their relationship or kind of like it was one of those moments that like years later players recall what they were talking about. So I think he might be one of those guys too. So I don't like that's kind of in the back of my mind. I don't really want to fucking watch a boring ass dude that just got the job because he's going to go say cliche shit. I don't know. This is all a lot of feelings that I didn't have about Mike Babcock until about five minutes ago. I haven't really thought about this <laughs> until right now. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. We'll see how Babcock's going to do. I, I honestly have no idea. And there are some concerns for sure about his behavior at the end of his, uh, least tenure and maybe much earlier. I am at the very least very happy to get Milbury out of there. And as I said before, Milbury, one of the worst things about current media, and I don't just mean sports media, I don't just mean hockey media, I mean media in general. Now, one of the best recent things I've seen in sports media would be the NFL game that they aired on Nickelodeon over the weekend. What a bizarre, bizarre thing to happen. But I loved it. No, no, it was it was 
probably the best sports broadcast I think I've seen in years, if we're being honest. And mainly because kid announcers and then also uh, slime. I mean, there's just a lot of slime. Slime, uh, Steve, slime everywhere. Honest. And that's I realize that's a big thing I've been missing <laughs> in my life is just seeing people get slimed. It's a pretty big, it's a pretty big fun thing. Like, I think that's what, it's what held us together key, for all those years. Yeah. It was a key part of my childhood. And I didn't realize how much I missed it until over the weekend. They scored a touchdown. If you didn't see this, uh, so they, they broadcast the game on Nickelodeon. They had the first down markers with like on the field with like slime oozing through them. They had yeah, yeah. slime, like CGI slime bursting out in the end zone when they scored touchdowns. Kid <laughs> announcers, they slimed the. Uh, the the coach of the New Orleans Saints at the end of the game, which was great because that guy's an awful, <laughs> awful, dour piece of crap. Yeah, Sean Payton. Yeah, big old turd, yeah. I hate that guy. Uh, but seeing him get slimed, immensely satisfying. And the kids voted for the MVP of the game. Uh, there was like an online poll or something. And they voted for a guy who didn't even win the game and didn't even <laughs> close to winning the game. Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback of the Bears, overwhelmingly won the MVP vote the Nickelodeon most valuable player maybe and yeah he was not good in this game I think the Bears scored what like six points I was gonna say maybe the Bears GM as a kid maybe that's what this whole thing is that's what it's all about that's lot. why he's drafted fucking uh, Trubisky back in 26 when did he get drafted 2016 2017 2018 who fuck knows it doesn't matter but yeah it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. <laughs> they're, probably gonna, they're probably not going to have him or uh, Nick Foles in a couple of years so, yeah, or next year. Yeah. So that's, yeah. But uh, so the NHL Regardless, is, yeah. It's Nickelodeon game. Ton of fun. I would love, love, love to see an NHL broadcast. You'll never see it because the NHL hates fun. They're, they're slightly more fun than Major League Baseball, but not as fun <laughs> as other sports leagues. This would. Yeah, we go ahead. I think an NHL game would be so much fun. You know, goal slime, slime penalty box. I'm sure there's plenty that. of other things that you could do in their aggro crag to the winner. They should do, first of all, shootouts are replaced with the race to the top of the aggro crag. Second one is the penalty box. When you're in the penalty box and your team gives up a, a goal, you get slimed on. And then the rest of the game, you have to just play on slime. And also every goal, the goalie gets slimed. And then if there's a bad penalty, the refs get slimed. I just want slime. Just slime everybody. And I think I think we'll just all be happy around there. The goalie's actually got to find his equipment in a a swimming pool of whipped cream. <laughs> it's a hot fudge sundae in a swimming pool, and the goalie's gotta find his blocker he's in there. Pull, I was gonna say he's pulling his he's pulling his leg pads out of the big nose from Family Double Dare. Like he's gotta yeah, just he's gotta exactly figure out what he <laughs> Just people yelling at him while he's wearing a fucking bike helmet and like knee pads. He's like, I can't. I don't know where my pads are. I'm sorry. If you don't, if you go to the penalty box and you don't have an amulet, the temple guards come and take you away, and you're never seen again. <laughs> still, from Legends of the Hidden Temple, it's still one of the scariest things as a kid. Was when you'd be going through the final level, the final temple, and. The temple guard would come out and grab you, and then you just oh. don't see that kid again until the end. Yeah, that was yeah, that was extremely terrifying. Like being six yeah. or seven and being like, "Where that kid? Is that kid just gone? Is was that kid's last? Was that the end of him? Like that we saw it, and he's just gone." I was like, "All right, bring out the next kid. I guess maybe he'll live. Who knows?" I guess. Yeah. What was your go-to? What's your what's your all-time Nickelodeon? 
right there. What's your top three? Oh shit, top three. Uh, I'm trying to think of. I remember watching a lot of Rugrats, all that. Um, Keenan and Kel. Uh, Angry Beavers. I mean, this was my this was my era. Uh, Rocket Power was another one. I think Rocket Power was towards the end of like when I was actually watching. I had this discussion with Brad and Kyle one night. It was like because we were trying to figure out when I stopped watching and when Brad started watching because Brad is annoyingly young. So I think it was. Oh, uh, this is and you're just you're just slightly a, a little bit, me. yeah, yeah. Like, and Kyle's the, Kyle's slightly after goes. me, and then Brad was born in 2000, I think, because he's the worst person alive. So like he just didn't. He was <laughs> like he has no. When I talk about something, like I was trying to, I was trying to tell him something about like the early 2000s, and he was like what and i was like just forget about it, brad just don't worry about it <laughs> Greg, one time at my old job i had to explain dial-up internet to an intern oh god yeah see like see, he had no idea what it was and, and that I just was wanted i to lived die. with that until i had that until freshman year of high school dial-up and like people now they just you know people are walking around listening to their spotify they have no they don't understand how much work we put in the paint to download songs back then on dial-up and yeah. to you had to pick out two or three songs, and those were two or three songs you're gonna listen to the next day. There was there wasn't Spotify, there wasn't YouTube, there was none of this shit. All right, you had so, to download. You could download a show to your video iPod oh and watch God. it on a screen that was like I don't know a quarter to a tenth of the iPhone screen. But oh you could store you could store a like a a ridiculous amount of songs on that thing. You could you could put yeah you could put a couple songs in there, couple couple Johns. It was uh, yeah. it would fill up pretty uh even, yeah. I think I had uh, I was like uh, I don't remember how many I had on there. All I remember is I think I had mo- I had multiple iPad iPods stolen, not iPads. <laughs> is that right? From way back. Yeah, but that, I, I mean it was a valuable commodity, and it, it was, was it was a big you deal back then. Yeah, you didn't lock it like you did your phones now, and like where you can like remotely wipe shit, and like you lost <laughs> it, it was gone. It was gone. You're just done. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no backup. It was just sorry, you lost those contacts. So. Yeah, do people still do that? Real quick, do people like do? I have no when, idea. When people lose a phone and then they're on Facebook, they're like, "I lost my phone. Give me your, your numbers." I don't think that's a thing anymore because of SIM cards, but. Yeah, and uh, cloud storage and all that. Yeah, just another, you know, just whatever. Just, right. you know, 2021, yeah. My Nickelodeon, real quick. Uh, big Ren and Snippy fan. Big, oh, okay, yeah. I, I enjoyed me some Rocco back in the day, Rocco's mm-hmm. Modern Life. And uh, I think I'm going to do a, a tie and cheat between uh, Guts and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Yours is, yours is definitely better than mine. I did love Rocco's Modern Life. And I did love me some uh, some guts. So, do uh, you have it? Go. <laughs> and we also went through the Legends of the Hidden Temple over the uh, over the uh, the court the fuck episode. We did, we did. That or, was, that a, was a random perp, some like fucking June or something. Whatever you guys heard it, it was a good time. Yeah, you know, when we're all delirious from having been quarantined. <laughs> now it's been a year, and we don't, you know, we're all acclimated to misery. So it's a good time. Yeah, it's a great time. Speaking, Speaking of, of acclimated to yes, misery, there it is. <laughs> It's time for the batch update. <laughs> Fuck. That was too good. Do you have it wasn't a batch? <laughs> oh, and let's get acclimated with this misery. Uh, so here's what uh, Ian's got on tap this week. Uh, here we are. It's week two of the first batch season, based just outside the Mayo Metropolis, also known as Pittsburgh. 
Handsome Squidward, <laughs> a.k.a. Matt James, takes the next steps to find the love of his life. All right. Matt James, very bland name, uh, but apparently looks like Squidward. According to Ian, never know what he looks like. Um, we start off with Matt's first one-on-one date with Bree. The two hop on a pair of ATVs and ride around in some muddy terrain. What? Matt, As one a does. downright <laughs> yeah, this is a casual first date. Matt, a downright jock, blows past Bree, kicking mud all over her. She eventually hops on his ATV and he flips it over, nearly killing both of them. What? But she takes it like a champ. We got some steamy shots of Matt showering off the mud before he chops a piece of wood off and hops in a cozy-looking hot tub with Bree. Two things are clear from this date. Matt is the hottest bachelor ABC has wrangled in, and Matt loves activities. Okay, so we're learning a lot about the batch, I guess. Uh, next, the group date. Uh, you ever go on ATV, by the way? Never Can't done say I have. What's that? Can't say that I have. Yeah, I mean, it's just not, yeah, not for me. Uh, next is the group date. Uh, all the participating contestants dress up in wedding dresses and take photos with Matt. Victoria, the drunk queen, fairly obnoxiously jumps the line and smooches Matt forcefully. Matt looks uncomfortable, but handles it like a professional. Uh, later on, the contestants do a, cup, a capture the flag type game involving paint, and the rules are pretty loose in the end. They all got dirty, and MJ's team wins the greatest. Yeah, MJ, that's right. I forgot it was... Uh... The MJ season. So we got Squidward, MJ, uh, and Scotty, Scotty, Dennis, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, this is a, all right. We're getting some stuff brewing for this episode here. Uh, next, we get to the second one on one. John Stockton, uh, Horace Grant. Are we just listening to NBA players from the 90s? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yes, that's all we're doing okay. now. Grant Sean Hill. Kemp. Yeah. yeah. Horace Grant Hill. <laughs> Grant Hill. <laughs> Jermaine O'Neal. Uh, next, we get to the second sure. one-on-one date with Matt and Sarah. Sarah opens up about her dad, who has ALS. Matt, the protagonist in a reality TV show, asks if he can do anything. <laughs> she seems confused by the question, and they make out. That's not a bad situation for Matt. Jesus I mean, Christ. he didn't have to do anything. Kind of looked like a nice guy. Really wasn't going to be able to do anything. And then uh, they're locking, uh, locking lips there. So, uh, last one was listen. Yeah, apparently that's important. I, I wouldn't know. I think somebody's told me that before. I just wasn't. There. Uh, finally, <laughs> finally, we have a rose ceremony. Six or eight contestants get a rose before Sarah nearly passes out. Good and handsome guy Matt goes to see what's up. ABC pops up the old to be continued as if Matt prolonged the ceremony by seeing if a fellow human being was okay. So uh, apparently, dun, dun, uh, we dun. might be. Uh, yeah, one might be dead. Uh, one got mud on her face from an ATV, and then uh, another one made out with him because he uh, seemed to care about something. So we got another. Uh, we got a batch uh, brewing here. Seems like a good season to keep up with the batch, which we won't, uh, Steve. Uh, we definitely right now, will not because will not I, well, whatsoever. We wouldn't. Even if they had nothing else to do, as we proved with oh yeah <laughs> earlier we were, the pandemic, yeah the world told us to stay inside and watch TV shows, and I managed to not do that at all. So uh, that was just <laughs> and not now that hockey's back, you no chance. Bet your bet your sweet ass it ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, it ain't happening now. Uh, Thanks to with, Ian. Thank you for your service, Ian. We, yeah, thank you, Ian. You're the true this. yeah a hero. The true MVP. Not, You're the real yeah. MVP. Uh, <laughs> uh, Speaking of hockey man all the time, let's uh, let's go around the league real quick, Steve. And this is something 
had a lot to talk about this week, mainly about the roster and everything and breaking down the first game because we haven't broken down a game in a couple years. Uh, but uh, apparently Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, once out of Columbus, according to John Tortorella and also various oh, other wow. reports. And uh, we're going to talk about this next week because uh, PLD, pretty good. Pretty young. 22 years old, and he's already got a 27-goal uh, season to his name. I, uh, yeah, I, I would like him to get out of the division. Apparently, he's interested in going to Montreal. Uh, so that'd be fine by me, because uh, that is not in our division. Uh, and also, uh, if you want to get traded out west, that would be great. Uh, somewhere just can't west. Can't wait to play with Canada. Josh Anderson again. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, once you play with Josh Anderson, you're playing with Josh Anderson for the rest of your life, pretty much. You know, it's just one of those things. It's not going to be playing hockey away from him. You know, I guess I don't know. Uh, Jay Bowmeister also retired. Uh, Four hundred and twenty-four points, eighty-eight of which were goals, and twelve. 140 games with the Panthers, Flames, and Blues in 17 seasons, won the Cup in 2019. Corey Crawford also retired, uh, kind of a big deal for the Devils, but, you know, they're bad anyway this year. Uh, 260, 162, and 53 with a 918 save percentage, 2.45 GAA, and 26 shutouts in 13 seasons, all with the Blackhawks. Won two Cups with them and also won William N. Jennings trophies for uh, being part of the goalie team that allowed the Least amount of goals against for a whole season in 2013 and 15. Uh, speaking of the Hawks, head coach Jeremy Craig, Colleton. Wait, wait, Craig, wait. Why would Played it be on. a big deal for the Devils if Corey Crawford retired? He's their backup goalie. We all know Mackenzie Blackwood is easily, far and away, the best young goaltender in the game. Why would he need help? You he can right start now. every game Marty Brodeur style. Right. It'll right. be fine. Shut up, Devils fans. Carter Hart rules. <laughs> You suck. <laughs> uh, shame about Corey Crawford. I hope he enjoys his retirement. Yeah. Uh, I was going to also say, I believe they're back up now is Scott Woodwood, uh, who, I don't want to brag, I used to interview when he was playing in the ECHL. So, yeah, that's right. That's right, folks. I can send you autographs in the mail. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, Mackenzie Blackwood and Scott Woodwood, and then they also have Miles Wood, so there's a lot of wood going on with that team. Uh, Blackhawks. Steve, can I get back? Can we focus here? Blackhawks coach. coach. Uh, Jeremy Carlton, uh, two-year extension. Signed through the year 2022-23 because they got a lot going on there. Uh, Sammy Blais was suspended two games for a check to the head of Devon Taves in the season opener. Carolina has Carolina's promoted one Eric Tolsky and Darren York to assistant GMs and hired Aaron Schwartz as director <laughs> wow. of hockey operations. So uh, my future co-worker, uh, Eric Tolsky, is uh, now the assistant GM of the Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, he's doing great work down you? there. Eric What's is that now? you pivoting for a Hurricanes, job right there? No, no, no. Hurricanes looking great. I mean, they could probably use another knowledgeable redhead in there, break down stats and looking at some game tape. That's neither here nor there. Eric, congrats on the promotion. Uh, that is uh, a former BSH alum there uh, making waves in the hockey world. Hopefully another one. Join that front Congrats office. I think That's I've awesome. laid it on thick. Yeah. yeah, that is really, I mean, yeah, Eric told us. I mean, it's, it's kind of incredible that we are actively seeing people from the blogging world make the jump to nhl front office i think that's it's that incredible it's awesome yeah. and it's and it, it goes to show that Fancy some of these steps. clubs are starting to smarten up and actually yeah. realize oh <laughs> i could have an advantage from listening to these smart people as we like to call them nerds nerds no. and I the nerds it's on record big time nerd. nerds nerds know their shit my friends yeah they do Fucking right. Uh, notable players not signed, uh, or notable players that were let go after they did not sign their PTOs. 
Ben Hutton, Zane McIntyre, Jordan Schmaltz, Brett Ritchie, Garrett Sparks, Michael Stone, Scott Darling, Yannick Weber, and Tom Kunakel are all available again because they did not sign PTOs. Uh, players that were claimed on waivers this week. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings claimed Christian Juice from the Ducks. Uh, the Hurricanes claimed Anton Forsberg from the Oilers. Panthers claimed Noah Juleson from the Canadians and Gustav Forsling from the Hurricanes. Uh, Winnipeg lost both Lucas Spiza to the Preds and Eric Comrie to the Devils. There's the Luca Spiza. effect. Luca Spiza. From Luca the Chris Pisa, Prager still trade? The, uh, still kicking it, baby. He is still around here. And speaking of big name defenseman trades, Rudos Balzers, I'm going somewhere with this, <laughs> was traded. He was a winger that was with the Sharks, originally traded to the Senators in the Eric Carlson deal. Senators put Balzers on waivers this week, and the Sharks claimed Balzers, meaning they've really won the Eric Carlson trade. So, I mean, you can just tell by the season they had last year that they're not. They're, they're definitely celebrating the Carlson win. Um, Mark Stone. They their Balzers. <laughs> That's, yes. <laughs> I I'm going to keep rolling. Mark Stone. Named the first captain in Golden Knights history. Uh, Dylan Larkin named the 37th Wait, captain. Wait, so they haven't had a captain to this point? I actually did hey, not realize this. Yeah, that's what. Uh, that's apparently what's been going on. It's just been, uh, I believe they just had alternates. I believe that's I, uh, I guess so. I, I yeah. did not realize this. That, I, my mind was just blown a little bit. And also, and if that fun is Fun note not, about yeah. Mark Stone is I, whenever I see him in a video game, <laughs> I see M. Stone. <laughs> Oh, I, I, it's Michael Stone usually. I'll mm-hmm. see him on, like, I don't know, just like a fucking Devil's Defense or something. And I'm like, did they get. Yeah. Exactly. I won't realize it's defense at first. And I'm like, did they have Mark Stone? I'm like, oh, no, it's Michael Stone. It's fine. Yeah, there's. Fine. That happens. Yeah, when Michael Stone was making. Michael Stone was, like, traded, I think, like, once or twice a couple years ago. And he's been, like, up and down the AHL and AHL a bit. So whenever you see M Stone popping up on the waiver wire, you're kind of like, hmm, interesting. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's not the bad one. Turns out it's <laughs> it's the bad defensive one. <laughs> it's the bad one. Uh, that's awesome for Mark Stone though. Like that, what an incredible pickup for the Knights. Like he is yeah. just such a great all around player. Yeah. Speaking of ironic, uh, ironic situations where the centers get made to look dumb, uh, lose ballsers on, uh, <laughs> On waivers to the Sharks, and then also Mark Stone is named the fucking team captain of a cup contending team. Uh, Larkin, 37th captain in Detroit Red Wings history. Also the first Detroiter or Michigander uh, to uh, be the Red Wings captain. Uh, Danique Martell signs a one-year deal. One-year AHL deal with the Binghamton Devils. Uh, the Devils, the New Jersey Devils AHL Philly. Of course they should have kept them. I am... St- Still upset about that. He had 39 points, 20 of which were goals in 68 AHL games last season between the Syracuse Crunch, the Lightning AHL team, and the Springfield Thunderbirds, who are the Blues AHL team. Uh, Evander Kane files for bankruptcy, citing $26.8 million in debt. He could possibly not play this season as a cause of that, uh, although that may already be dated. He might be in the lineup tonight. I, uh, Steve, I was going to say, that's not exactly going to help his debt problem. Yeah. No, that would not help his debt. It was something about like can opt out of the season, and then the debt, the debtor couldn't use that as like a thing to be like. Well, now you have money. I don't know. It was. I was trying to read up on it, but I couldn't really understand. He had more a than crazy that. like the the expenses listed out for him, like the reasons he went into bankruptcy. Some crazy shit in there. Like the gambling debts are nuts. 
Oh, is that what it? Is? Oh, yeah, he does. Kind I of. mean, that was part of it. There, there was. A yeah, lot of stuff. I remember that being a thing. I remember being. I forgot about that thing with his gambling. Like the, uh, he had to make a settlement well, with like he, a casino or something. Yeah. Wasn't he the infamous player who had the picture of him in Vegas where he used a big fat? Stack oh yeah, that of was him. Yeah, that was him. Money that was, yeah, that was back uh, when he was still in Winnipeg. Before that was before any Evander Kane thing had come up. That was before the tracksuit stuff with Bufflin. That was before the, um, I think, not sexual, sexual harassment, sexual assault rumors when he was in Buffalo. And then he, uh, I think he was, wasn't even involved in something else. I don't know. He's, he's been having, uh, he's been having some fun, uh, recently. He was also did that thing this summer where he was trying to fight Jake Paul. So maybe he was trying to get a little more money to help with this, I guess. I don't know. That's the only reason to associate with a Paul. That I, that was, (laughs) I would say so. Yeah. Especially those two. Uh, Bruins to retire Willie O'Ree's number, uh, number 22, in February. That's Shane great. That, that's actually yeah, I'm legitimately that. yeah. great news. And nice news from a Boston team right there. Surprisingly. Yeah, on this issue. Surprising. Very surprising coming from a yeah. Boston issue. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's very cool and long overdue. Uh, I thought it was so cool when we got to meet Willie O'Ree at the Snyder Hockey event Oh, my God, yeah. Or was it two years ago at this point? Uh, God, but when we got to meet him, like that was so cool. The man is a legend, and uh, that is a great honor. Yeah. Oh, no, that was, yeah. Actually, you know what? And Steve, you have pictures of that, too. Because <laughs> that was that film back then. I might. I'll check. Uh, I'll check. Yeah. <laughs> Shane Doan is back with the Coyotes as Chief Hockey Development Officer. Uh, last played in the NHL in 2016-17. Haley Moore, currently the NWHL's Boston Pride's GM, has been named the VP of Hockey Operations for the AHL, and she'll take over in February. And then last but not least, time and time again, has signed with the Fishtown Penguins in the DEL, uh, the Deutsche Ice Hockey Liga. Uh, it is the, uh, that actually is what it is. <laughs> what it is They're the, not just a bunch of guys tier. in Fishtown? <laughs> it was... God, that would be the worst hockey league imaginable. It would be the most obnoxious <laughs> hockey league in the history of the world. Uh, but uh, 30 points last year in 61 games for a uh, time again in the AHL. He had 17 goals for the Chicago Wolves, who were the Hurricanes and Predators AHL affiliate. So uh, good for time again, I guess, to go play pro hockey over in Germany. So uh, that's it. Play somewhere, I guess. Got. You gotta, yeah, they gotta, anywhere you can go to get paid. Uh, money to do stuff now is probably ideal uh with all, all things considered do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life my friend there you go drop that bit of wisdom on me as we move on to the closing credits of this wonderful episode of fly parabola all right episode i'm all about wisdom it was a pretty good episode, you know, yeah. i mean it's as long as a normal episode of fly parabola yeah. tell you that. <laughs> that's all that matters <laughs> folks if you have any feedback for us the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca you can reach craig at sports are bad uh yeah well you're gonna you're here you hear me on this so this is out this probably probably uh we got the flyers forecast and the prospect report on monday i'm gonna put out the preview for tuesday's game and then uh i don't know what else i'm gonna work on right now but i will figure out stuff because now we're back in hockey season uh oh yeah so yeah that's what that comes down to, but that's it. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum, but, and I mean but, if you want hockey content from Twitter, follow me at Flyperbole. 
Estee Bomb. That's not where the hockey stuff goes. The hockey stuff goes on the Fly Purpley account. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Check out all of our great shows on Broad Street Hockey. So many great shows. We got BSH Radio. We got Checking Out the Competition. We got Post Games with Bill Metz. All great content. Oh, and did I mention the Flyers Forecast, our weekly preview show? Oh, wow. Great stuff. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate all the feedback, all the listens, all the love. Best listeners in the world. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. We all need the right tools for success. A painter needs their perfect brushes, and a climber needs to be able to rely on their harness. And for your work, you need to stay connected. With Slack, teams can help you work better. Slack is a productivity platform that connects all your team members together instantly. It's built to help your team with a host of features like huddles for quick check-ins and clips for recording and sharing video. Slack also makes it easy to search and find the right information you need. You can even integrate the apps you use in your normal workflow, like your calendar or product management tools. So you stay focused on the work that matters and get more done. Learn more at slack.com slash productivity. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean a cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini yeah, fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly 
on The Wildin' drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallin' wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast that's B-L-E-A-V on Apple, Spotify, YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.